Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And I'm Casey Freund. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. I take it back completely. Uh, Today on our show, clocking in at 90 minutes, we are talking about 1995's Empire Records, directed by Alan Moyle. Now, wait a minute, Jer. This movie, everywhere I look, it's an hour and 47 minutes. Well, that's right, because it's a little hard to find the uh, original 90 minutes. Well, it's actually not that hard to find it. I mean, you can (laughs) find it on Voodoo, but like... And uh, now on Blu-ray, the the only cut is the theatrical. Yes, the uh, the, uh, there was a an extended DVD and uh, I believe on like Amazon and stuff, you can only find the extended version uh, of this movie but um, so funny though when i look on cable when i looked on youtube because they now they have features hour 47 hour yep, 40 yeah. i was like well, are what? we doing yeah. this or not yep but and uh i was a little concerned about this too we are um beginning a what i hoped will be an annual tradition uh in the month of september request timber as i've been uh, calling it uh what happens in request timber that is uh where we do episodes 100 percent requested by the audience oh nice and uh this movie was uh requested by at mom voice podcast all right uh, hey mom voice give we it up were, for mom voice podcast i'll be honest with you i we i, I kind of told her uh at the beginning i was like i don't know if we can do it i think it 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 doesn't qualify um, and I was uh, being a lot stricter um, with the timestamps to make sure that if the movie is under 90 minutes, it actually has mm-hmm. to be under 90 minutes. This movie is technically five seconds over, but yeah. it's request timber. So right. you know what? Mom yeah. voice podcast? At mom voice podcast. Okay. I'm, At mom voice I'm surprised podcast. you let it fly because you're you know usually what? a big stickler for the rules. I, True, you know? If there's one thing people can say about me, it's that I follow the rules to a T. Yeah, and um, this I, I'm uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable yeah. by this decision. But you know what? I I'm doing it for the listener. Yeah, Listeners. specifically mom voice, mom voice podcast at mom voice podcast at mom voice podcast. All right, podcast. I said I mean, podcast. I meant podcast. <laughs> I, I, let, let me look up the the actual name because that is a uh, Casey. Yeah, we're let's let's go back to the mid '90s. <laughs> let's just rewind. I'm here. sorry. It is yes. Uh, uh, at mom oh, voice I podcast. We had the here yeah. while he was. Don't doing make this. me use my mom voice. Is the uh, is the podcast? <laughs> and that's that's the show that you can uh, you can follow them and subscribe to them. Hey, uh, on Twitter. don't make me use my mom voice. And they yeah. they recommended uh, she. I I mean I will refer to uh, this person as they. Because I don't know how hmm. they identify. Yeah, I, know I just hearing that name, I want to roll my eyes at it, but yeah. then also, but don't make listen. Her, don't make her I use your mom, mom yeah. voice. Right? And don't exactly. take that tone. And I would assume it's yeah. a mom either way. You cut it. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, if not, if it's then, a false mom. Then, then, oh. then this lady's got some some real yeah. problems that she has to address. Yeah, she is not a stickler for the rules. No, mm. not like not like me. <laughs> um, yeah, as Dan was about to say, right. let's go back to nineteen ninety five. This is this 
is what I imagine the conversation was like. Mm. There, you got people sitting around like a, a, a table at a you know a, a studio. Hey, you want to hack it up and listen to Nirvana? It's like, mm. hey, it's nineteen ninety five. Let's do the Breakfast Club. But hear me out. Hear me out. No. The janitor is the principal this time. What yeah. do you guys think? Ooh. I don't know. You know, I think it's got to be Ooh. like you, you know maybe something with a little bit more music. Okay, I think we can yeah. we can amp the music up seventy five percent. Yeah, and we can't do another movie in a school. Okay, let's just as long as we have one location. Right. This is getting away from what I wanted, guys. But you know what? It's okay. Hey, you, we're gonna figure this one out. I yeah. took it as uh, super Gen Xers clerks. Yeah. In a, in a year that Mallrats came out, which is a very nineties oh. movie. Oh, this yeah. movie. Yeah. I said it to Dan earlier in the week. It is like a warm hug from the 90s. <laughs> and yeah, I, and I, I genuinely mean it. This is my first viewing of Empire Records ever, um, believe it or not. And Me too. I do not think I would have liked or cared about this movie at all if I was m- more familiar with it as a child or like around mm-hmm. the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Watching it now... Living in a world where '90s nostalgia is really starting to ramp up, I I'm, I was all for this movie. I had nothing but smiles from beginning to end. It's super cheesy and dorky at times. It is, but, but so just, were the '90s. So it hits everything that you want a coming coming of age story to hit. Because like this came out in '95. I was 23 at the time. I saw this movie in the theater. Yeah. You know, I had a friend who uh, who was a DJ, so he was like, yeah, "It's about a record store." I'm sorry, he was a DJ and worked at a record store. You know, and which so, which two jobs that could have existed in 1995 that don't absolutely. really exist anymore. <laughs> absolutely. You you know. Uh, yeah, unless you're right. Idris Elba. That's true. I hear he's opening a Virgin mega store. I could do what I want. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> wow. But he is a DJ. Yeah. I could be anything. He can. Blood sport. Blood sport. Yeah. But uh, Jer, I was gonna say you're rocking a, an AJ haircut right now. Oh my quarantine. god! Oh my god! You totally I'm, are, I, dude. All I have to do is apply wow. a little bit of mousse, and that character is 100 percent me. But you're, right now, because it's flatter, I look more like the fucking <laughs> dude who runs the shop, Anthony <laughs> Lapaglia. Yeah, whatever. The fuck. I can't even Joe. remember half the characters' names to be honest with yeah. you. I was just like, it's that. I don't know this so guy, guys, but so you don't have a favorite. Oh. Oh, I'm sure you do. It's just that guy or that. You woman. know who my favorite is, honestly, mm. and I can say this as a man who is 100 uh, percent confident in his heterosexuality. Ethan Embry is adorable in this movie. Uh, Wait, which I one was Ethan Embry? That the, was Mark, right? The, yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, he's a little too okay, the, like stoner, stupid for me. But he's just so cute. He's just so like little uh, and cute. Uh, like, yeah. If he was two or three years older, he wouldn't be as funny. But like, like because so, he's like he's so <laughs> tiny and little and cute, I just want to like I put him in my him pocket. And I just go, someone needs to take care of you. And I don't mean like kill. Just like someone needs to just like make sh- watch this guy. Like, <laughs> someone yeah. needs to watch you, yeah. Ethan Embry. Yeah, you yeah. got some. Your character's got some. So wait, dark. Yeah, he can't sur- survive on his own. Wait, who yeah. are you into, Casey? Okay, so. Uh, my major crush of like my twenties is in this movie. Can you guys guess who it is? Yeah. You? I'm gonna guess me. Can I, can God. I, I'll throw it out there. Yeah. Renee Zellweger. I'm gonna throw it out there. Robin Tunney. 
Yes. Really? Absolutely, right. Robin Tunney. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Dan, you're dead to me. Uh, <laughs> Come on. I guess I just great. know Casey a little bit better. <laughs> I yeah. guess so. Yeah, Robin Tunney in a uh, a role that I, I I have to imagine probably hurt her career in a little a little bit. Like, what the, do you mean? Because like she, I mean, she has the craft after this, but like, I, or is it before or after? It's even? after. It's, it's after. after. Yeah. I don't know what she does after that. I just know that she kind of disappears after the craft. It's not this movie though that did it. But I just yeah. feel like. It was End of days, <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah. I, I I honestly I, I truly don't know. I just know right. that her career kind of like she's done some things. She's done some things, but I just it's one of those things where it's just like the movie I know was not very well received at the time, yeah. and Empire she Russia. shaves her head in the movie. So it's just one of those things mm-hmm. where in 1995, yeah. I imagine she probably had a little bit of mm-hmm. feels a like little difficulty after this. Maybe pretty high stakes, but I think it's a pretty bold move. And I think I, think, I agree. I I love mm-hmm. the fact that it's in this movie now in 2020. Yeah, I think it would be well better received. I don't know. Like in '95, people would roll their eyes and and shrug. But yeah, I mean, no, th- we th- did. If like this, that yeah. happened in 1995, like it, you know, from when it, it really didn't do all that well. And no, like, it really didn't. You know, everybody like when I first saw it. I didn't really like it. I was like, this movie's just trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, it, it was, really is trying to do a lot. There's yeah. a lot going on in this yeah. movie. That's why I feel like we have to jump into it. Otherwise, we're going to be here a long time. That's true. Yeah. Um, but you have a relationship with this movie. You like this movie. Your crush is in this movie, Robin Tooney. <laughs> I can't believe neither of you guys are Barco guys. Like that's yeah. that blows my fucking mind because <laughs> Barco is easily the anchor of this movie. Uh. You guys know Barco, right? Yeah. Does don't he even live behind like, the store? You guys got, you have all the Barco, but no bite. You don't know who, yeah. ba- you Barco, know who Barco is. is. Barco, Barco is the is the the he, not Jason Mewes kid. Isn't that the one? He's the yeah. guy who looks like Adam Driver, who goes to Robin Tooney and says he's sorry for whatever reason that right. happened uh, off camera yeah. before this movie started, and he plays guitar and he sings. Oh, in the he's band. that yeah. that Pete Davidson looking guy, Adam Driver looking, that guy. Adam Driver yeah. looking guy. Yeah, he's you the guy guys, who like here we. Come Does on. he with like, the feathered hair who plays the the, who plays a song at the end? Yeah, yeah. he's because yeah. like, he, uh, he's a musician. Like, Are you guys on who Team is Barco or not? I'm not on Team Barco. You know, no, fuck you guys. I'm not. After what he did oh. to Robin Tunney, what did he do? Not. What did he do in your long cut that you watched when you should have watched the '90s? Barco knows right. what Casey Burko fucked did, up. Okay? We should mention that too. Casey <laughs> yeah, fucked I up did. and I watched the extended version. But that's okay because we were. This movie punctuates a lot of fuck ups in my life. My first question is. Is more is there more Barco and we'll get into it, mm-hmm. but also do we get into what happened with Robin Tony? Like, because it from what I understand, this movie is she tried to kill herself. Spoilers because of issues, right. just because she didn't want to be invisible. Right, because right. issues, because she's a nineties. Yeah. Pr- so that's what girl with problems. Of, okay, yeah. so the the more seventeen minutes does not devote to more Barco. Unfortunately, yeah, I guess it's right. bad. Yeah, but you, you know, she says at one point, like, and God, she put it like, okay, and this is my crush talking. She put it like so beautifully where she's like, hey, it really had nothing to do with you. Yeah. I just like, you know, the way that I felt after our thing happened, I realized that that's how I felt last week, last month and last year. Right. And like, you know, it, I don't see any of that changing, mm-hmm. you know, and like, honestly, she, her character, Deborah embodies Gen X. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, dude. dude this whole movie this embodies is the Gen X with a finger on the pulse of society. And I I'm, dare, I, yeah. I would venture to say the only one. And I'm just wiping the sweat off my brow, thinking, thank God that Barco's a good guy in this. You I know? also, yeah. I, yeah, that's true. Because I'm Team Barco. You're you're totally yeah. Team Barco. <laughs> yeah. You want to get sugar high with him at the end? 
Um, Pixie sticks. I will say. Ho hos. Uh, fuck, I was gonna say something and I completely forgot what I was gonna say. We could talk about Barco if <laughs> you can <want. laughs> keep talking about Barco some more if you want. Oh no, no. Here's what I was gonna say. Um, so this will also uh, give the listeners something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably in 2021, the original movie that Casey wanted to do was PCU. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wanted the to charming Jeremy Pivot. He oh, <laughs> wanted yeah. to look back on a movie uh, to see how we would uh, respond to it in 2020, and dare I say, we found the most 90s movie yeah. ever in, in Empire 90s, Records. So it, it, it kind of yeah, worked a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you, you guys are constantly sticking in my wheelhouse with these movies. Like you know, a lot of you. Know, I, a these are the kind of movies Jared and I I think have common ground over, and B a lot of them are under 90. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Which which works for the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or exactly 90, or three seconds, or five over. seconds over. Oh, shot. Or the shit. one time we did like five minutes over because we accidentally did Biodome and it wasn't. Ni- but we were like, would you rather not have Biodome, guys? It was. <laughs> well, no. The que- the the option was the Kevin is. and I could talk about Encino Man without having uh-huh. to watch it, and we're like, nah, I'd rather <laughs> take nine watch. pages of notes first. I have, but it I worked know. out. Here's the thing. I have a new system. I used to look at the screen and I used to write everything I saw second to second. Now I, I pause it every 20 minutes and I write down what I saw. I still have a lot of notes for this one because there's a lot yeah. that happens yeah, in this it movie. It does. It, to the point where I, at the end of this movie, I was like, I've never really said this about a movie before, but this movie really would benefit from an extra 17 minutes. Like, yeah. I, I felt like there was some things that I was just 40. like, we, we took a jump. Like, <laughs> there's so at many the risk characters. of being the rule breaker, yeah, totally does. So yeah. many interesting totally characters, does. I'll say too, like that I want to see fleshed out more. But so let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's. I want to. I just want to gloss over the first five minutes. Let's talk about the the character here, Lucas. He's played by Rory Cochran. Mm-hmm. He's very Gen Xy too. I oh, think we'd yeah. agree. Dude, this absolutely not since you don't uh, like him, Jerry. Not since nothing to lose. Have I been more annoyed by the main? Character, which Remember, one's nothing to lose? The one that we did with Jennifer Connelly and that guy in the Target. Yeah. Oh no, that was there, uh, no. That's not nothing to lose. That's the Tim. <laughs> that's the Frank Whaley and Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. What's that called? They're in the uh, store. Uh, opportunity career opportunities. Yeah, Why career am I thinking of nothing but nothing yeah. to lose? I don't know. Where the fuck did that title I come don't know, from? But career opportunities. I must um, have, anyway, he's Rory Cochran. Not since that character have I been more annoyed by somebody's cadence. Yeah. I, uh, I don't like right away. Like I don't like the way this guy talks. I don't dislike him. You Did know? you go get your money back when you went and saw it in the theater? Yeah, I got my three dollars back because that's how much it cost to go see a movie in '95. <laughs> in your time machine. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, he's an employee of Empire Records. He's something mm-hmm. of a deadpan philosopher, smartass type, very '90s stereotype. Yeah. Wearing Rene. a wearing a Bruce Wayne turtleneck this whole time. He looks it's straight. Caesar cut. Yep. Yep. And he does. He has yeah. like he never smiles. It looks like he has the same expression. Most it's of almost the time. he has an expression. It's almost like what is smiling? Like he has never like he, like <laughs> yeah. the idea of smiling would baffle him. Rory oh, Cochran. he has like the best line a little bit later on. Somebody asks him like, you know, what's with you today? To what which is... his response is, "What's with today? Today?" Yeah, which it was is like nineties. Like, oh, I got like line. such a nineties. Yeah, his name might as well be Gen <laughs> X. Like, yeah, no Dev, uh, yeah, Jim perfect. X. Yeah, but uh, Gene X. I think Rory Cochran's uh, he's cool. We haven't seen him in a lot of things, like think Oculus most recently. But uh, mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger, aka Gina, enters looking for Joe, the manager. He's Who not there. Might as well be Joey Lauren Adams because it's like a '90s coming of age movie, and like yeah, um, he they tells, couldn't get uh, her, so they got Renee. He yeah. tells Gina he's closing, and he has a few duties. One is to count the money. The other is to mm-hmm. count the money again. Not talk about Fight Club. Uh, yeah. Lock up. <laughs> 
don't touch the beer, cigars, that's Joe's, or his drumsticks. Right. And I'm thinking his ice cream. That, so, that's yeah. literally what yeah. I thought too. Like, yeah. it's just, I'm like, I should have thought. Chicken. You guys didn't think like actual drumsticks. No, the fact no. that they're in a record store. store did not make matter to me. I was yeah. assuming that he was talking about because I was eating yeah. a drumstick too at the time. Oh, Ironically, shit. I was yeah. like, oh my god. So Were you really? I was. So we cut to him playing uh, with all of the above stacks of money on the the desk. He yeah. and he has about nine thousand dollars in front of him. I guess that was that was the daily take, which yeah. is an insane. Yeah amount of money to take in for yeah. a re- like the idea of a record store making nine thousand dollars a year now yeah. would be insane and this is something we get our news early on in the movie which allows us to hang out for a good chunk of it which is he's rifling through uh joe's desk he sees his mm-hmm. papers and he sees yeah. a which little... is not on the list <laughs> no not at all none of this is no. yeah. quite the rule break he does not again not yeah. another one who doesn't follow the rules he doesn't. He doesn't that's why care. jerry doesn't like him it's that laissez-faire gen x thing Fuck going him. on so he sees, a, he sees a buyout agreement contract kind of stashed away along with a sort of proof of concept, like a laminate picture that goes <laughs> over literally a picture <laughs> of Empire Records. I love that <laughs> so much because like not only is it like the most ridiculous way to show something like like did somebody really go and make that laminate? Right. And like, you, you know, put yeah. in front of the people like here's your record store. And it's, then they pulled uh, out the overhead here's projector. Here's your record they, store. <laughs> to right? me, it's the um, it's the cheaper, more streamlined version of the model that you get in a lot of 90s movies yeah. in this mini mall here we're gonna move these trees out of the way yeah <laughs> always right. that yeah i mean it was but you, you know I, I honestly from like a filmmaking perspective it got the point across that yeah. and you know empire records was going to become music town there's only so many kind of uh when you get an ensemble movie that takes place in one company business it's usually they're in danger of it being taken yeah, over it's always it's always in danger happening. of some kind we all we got to band yeah. together for the company right, right. and, and there's always the owner that. who wants to shut it down it's like a know? muppety kind of deal yeah and yeah. uh so lucas that's he, what the muppets need to do is open a record store and then save the record store yeah so I saw bits of pieces of this movie as a kid. This is my first time seeing it all the way through. I knew that his character ends up on a couch for the majority of the movie as a punishment, some sort of penance. Mm-hmm. I thought in this scene, like, oh, he's just going to willy-nilly spend the money. No, I think the movie is very well plotted, and it gives him uh, the causality to go to take that $9,000 to Atlantic City because he thinks the business is in trouble. He makes an impulsive move, mm-hmm. right? and right. Uh, he takes his motorcycle yeah. And his yellow tinted <laughs> shades, and he arrives in Atlantic City. This the we should talk yeah. a little bit briefly about the uh, the soundtrack, which Casey and I were talking about before Jer came down here. Uh, yeah, I see you have some songs written here, Casey. Well, I, so I started writing down like all the songs that were showing up in here, and then I was like, oh, that's taking way too much time. Uh, I'm just going to write down the ones that I recognize, and then I realized like. I didn't really recognize a mm-hmm. lot of the music mm-hmm. in here. I, and when I say recognize, I mean I know the title and the artist like without having to like look it up or anything. Right. Like there were a couple on there that I was like, "Oh yeah, like after I looked it up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." So it kind of made me think like you, you know, this is like one of those like you, you know, uh, industry tie-in things where mm-hmm. like somebody's like, hey, we're making a movie about a record store. Okay, what are our like latest up-and-coming stars yeah. so we can put them on the soundtrack to this and make more money? Yeah. Uh, but ironically, the know. soundtrack, it's, it's a Warner Brothers movie and it, like it's all Warner Brothers songs Mm-hmm. Except the soundtrack wasn't released on Warner Brothers Records because they wanted to work with Gin Blossoms and get that song in the end credits, <laughs> and that's literally the only reason why the song isn't. So oh, like everything I gotta else, get those Gin Blossoms. I gotta get those gin Blossoms. Damn um, it. This is another one of those movies too, where like there's more songs not on the soundtrack album than there mm-hmm. are 
on the actual album. Like you can look and see. Like here's twelve songs on the on the CD. Do, uh, here's twenty eight songs that didn't make the cut. Do the Gin Blossoms do uh, Hey Jealousy? Yes, yeah. they do. Hey Jealousy. Hey, jealousy. Hey, hey, jealousy. Hey, jealousy. What's up? <laughs> That's my son, jealousy. Um, yeah. He's rough. I wish I had jealousy. Do they girl. have a friend named Jealousy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mm. wish I had her girl, his girl. He's rubbing through the. Okay, so I follow you down. <laughs> that's, that's that one too. That's Anywhere too. you go. Wow, those gin blossoms. Fucking gin blossoms. Yeah, they they made me. This movie made me fall in love with gin blossoms. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 25 years too, too late. But they were channeling AJ. Yeah. They should have. That's what's going I, on. I really am. You a cruise. They and, should. And they should go with other 90s bands of this era. <laughs> and sounds, people should go on the cruise. A, a, a cruise sounds like a safe thing to do right now. Yeah. Well, you know, it says here in my notes they do that. They do that a lot. Um, so on motorcycle, he shows up to Atlantic City. Some he shows up and he's on a roll at first. He's very confident. He he's like he walks by a slot machine. He he pulls the the lever and someone uh, hits jackpot. Yeah. He walks by and uh, he tells them uh, the, the the roulette, roulette. table. He says twenty two and they get it. So it, he's on fire. He shows up and some bimbo hits on him when he, he sees that he's a high. She sees he's a high roller mm-hmm. and he rolls a seven at first. Puts all that money down, all of yeah. it. Yeah, $9,104. And he's got some, like, jokey jokes, some quips, like, <laughs> when they're asking him, like, are you sure you want to bet all this? And he's all like, yeah, yeah, I, like, I can't, I don't know, remember it all, but, like, he, like everything he says is, like, kind of like a yeah, smart he's, ass. He's basically kind of. on a mission from God talk, like, mm-hmm. this whole time he's in I'm the, enlightened, yeah, that yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Next Am I day. sure I want to do this? If, if, like, if, then some sort of like existentialist, yeah. you know, thing where like, if I don't do this, then it impacts the lives of so many people. Right. How can I maybe not do this? Because he thinks I he's think Bruce Wayne. He's wearing the lines. turtleneck. <laughs> he's like, he's he thinks he's a hero. I don't wear a turtleneck. Do you guys wear turtlenecks? I never wear no. a turtleneck. I would yeah. never in my life wear a turtleneck yeah. at this point. For a long time, my dad would buy me mock turtlenecks as gifts. I don't know what that is. It's a turtleneck that it, it's half a turtleneck. So, you know, you, you have like the neck that comes up and then you fold it over. Mm. Well, on a mock turtleneck, you, you don't need to fold. Oh, because just... it only goes up to where the fold. Would I be. see. Oh, you I roll see. it over like a, like cuffing your jeans. Yeah, but you do, but there's no rolling. It's just right. it just comes up to for boom. What like, about a turtleneck that looked as a turtle on your neck, right, guys? If it were like turtle skin, like yeah. you, you know, like yeah. the like a shell awesome. on your neck. Yeah. <laughs> like a big what happened to your skin? Hard is it, shell. Is, it, so is that like a medical device? It? Like is it, is that you, you know like That's those just for fashion things? Is that a respirator? Just for fashion. Yeah. It looks good, doesn't it? it? Don't say it looks good, otherwise you're going to think it doesn't. Yeah. It looks great. Thank you. You're welcome. So next day. Okay, so he makes the bet. He gets. He lets it ride. He he bets again, and he this time he's not so lucky. He gets snake eyes. Yeah, uh-huh. snake eyes, snake cage. Uh-huh. <laughs> and next day he's asleep on his motorcycle outside the store. He's just in a <laughs> existential funk. How the fuck do you fa- fall asleep in that position? It's just I don't know. It's not possible. Depression chair. Just yeah. he's so. Crippled. I've been depressed before, man. I've never. I would. I would still lay on my back on the ground if like I couldn't hunch over like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. So he's woken up by two mainstays, AJ and Mark. Mm-hmm. AJ's played by I Jeremy Eden. Jeremy. Eden. <laughs> I'm not really sure. He's a '90s actor. Uh, I saw his stills today. He looks great today. Most of the cast looks great. Thank today. you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. I, I do feel I have aged gracefully uh, over the yeah. last 25 years. It's and good Mark. to see you still working, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, played by Ethan in the Embry, who went nice. by a different. He went by Ethan something else in the credits. Oh, did he? Yeah, 
a mm-hmm. different uh, last name well, than he's, Emery. He's damn cute. Yeah, <laughs> with he his is. little hair, his little bangy hair, like it's all like curly. Yeah. A lot of lot, a lot of careers were kind of made in this movie. Like, yep. gotta, yeah, and a lot of mm-hmm. like the reviews were all poor. And I do, re- I believe Roger Ebert was the one who would be like, I, I feel like a lot of these cast members would probably do pretty well if they were given good material. And then, like, <laughs> all of them go on to do something pretty much, except for this guy who we don't even know whose name it is. Yeah, yeah. And Jeremy. That's, he looks like he's straight off the set of Saved by the Bell. He like yeah. has that energy about him too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he uh, anyway, he's the first to tell him. Lucas is the first to tell him that he lost the money and he rides off we don't know if we're gonna see lucas again in this yeah. movie yeah i thought it was gonna be one of those things where it's like oh he's gone but he'll show up at the end with the money like he did it all right. off camera and we're yeah. all like sitting here and we're all gonna stress over it for the next yeah. 90 minutes that well i sense. watched the extra movie so i know where he went no i'm joking I where, oh, <laughs> I was like, please, please do tell <laughs> no so, they don't even cover it in that so one. who arrives here but the gruff Put upon tired, a slightly older manager named Joe, played by Anthony LaPaglia. And uh, I like <laughs> him. <laughs> Who. In this it, movie. It, whose stress level is at a 10 that's why I like him right. like he's relatable <laughs> like, yeah. and he's so <laughs> blood pressures through the roof he's so 90s in yeah. that way like everything that he says is a smart ass woe is me comment you know yeah. like uh, what did I do to deserve this day he's a fucking me, martyr you know like, it reminds uh, me a lot of the Danny Aiello do the right thing role like he's just trying to manage a fucking pizza parlor on the hottest day and yeah. it's like it's Rex Manning day uh, and, yeah. and his staff well, is crazy yeah, he's the guy who like he transitions like you know throughout this thing because like we talked about how there's always like you, you know the owner of the place that's wanting to shut it down, right? Yeah. You know, well, there's always the manager that wants to keep it open and is going to do their best, but mm-hmm. like you you know much like you you know that uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for trope? Is yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, he starts off like just pissed off, yeah. you know, and it's always that like, you, you know, the the adult that is on the side of the teens yes. is always I love like, those characters. A li- I do. They're like the lovable loser, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, like the janitor from Breakfast Club. Who, exactly. If he owned quit, a record, quit store. his job, started working at a record store, grew his hair slightly longer. And then yeah. <laughs> here I, he is. I feel yeah. like you could make Empire Records today and it would be writers out there. Go ahead. A dispensary. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, could, record stores are basically dead. But I mean, you know that's what's all it not? is. What's booming? Yeah. Fucking weed. <laughs> yeah. And there's kids who look and act just like the cast of this movie, and but here's are two the thing. 2020 equivalents you in the dispensary. Yeah. You can't have a laugh track, and you can't have Kathy Bates involved, and that's the problem. You fuck yeah. that Netflix show <laughs> that Chuck Lorre did. Uh, is that the? So, uh, uh, no, no. Yeah. like the the you, you know that's interesting that you bring that up because mm-hmm. I was th- as I was watching this, they had like distinctive characters, like you know that I think hold. true today there are certain things that like you you know that you go through in your teens that are always going to be there there's the nerd the jock it's the the breakfast club of its time and the movie like the movie is 100% of its time but yeah like they're definitely trying to do Mm -hmm. all the same stuff that the breakfast club does but they're like like we're not going to do that context but we're like we're going to give the same feeling I think what I like about this maybe I don't know I prefer breakfast club deep down but maybe on some shallow levels what I prefer this movie to over is they have stuff to do in breakfast club they just have a stupid essay to write and they just fart around in a fucking library and they didn't even do that right yeah you know (laughs) that's and it is the weird thing about the breakfast club where like at least with this movie at least with this movie you're like yeah, this all makes sense. Like this feel like I never worked in a record store in 1995, mm-hmm. yeah. but 
I feel like this would probably be fairly accurate. Whereas Breakfast Club is like, you're smoking a joint in detention, <laughs> right? And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Clerks is one of my favorite movies to this day. I am, like, at heart, I wish I was, I'm like one of those guys who's like, man, I wish I was probably your age, and then I wish I was your age. You wish you were a Gen X. Yeah, yeah, I wish I was a Gen X or a lot of times. Like, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. It's pretty fucking was awesome. Was it awesome? Oh, like, yeah, it I know great, it. Dude. I know it was. It was. And uh, I think that's great. <laughs> so I love Clerks, and I love, like, this is just, to me, like, like a Clerks. But even though Mallrats came out the same year, I think I prefer this to, cl- to Mallrats. Well, Mallrats is like, uh, actually, Mallrats wasn't repeating Clerks. Mallrats was like, let's, Mallrats was a sitcom in a mall. Like, you got yeah. this whole, like, dating show yeah. subplot. Yeah. That's all sitcom bullshit. Right. So I, I'm throwing down the gauntlet and right now. And I still now. like Mallrats. I don't and know. I'm saying I like this movie better than Mallrats, which I really, I, I adore Mallrats, so. Um, Joe arrives. He's open. He's already pissed because it's Rex Manning Day, which is already like your funny, like your little quote that you have amongst cult fans. Is if you say yeah. Rex Manning Day, they know what Rex uh, Manning Day is. You know, yeah, Rex Manning. Yeah, you just. Uh. And he's apparently a douchey pop singer, and he's visiting the record store today. And I think it's around this time that we yeah. get his music video. Yeah, in store appearances. Yeah. But with, they cut away, and it's like an actual like music video in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's him, and the song is called um, something Mon Amour. Mon Amour. Like. Yeah. it's French. Yeah. It's French. Yeah, I and can't remember that. Which is like because honestly, it it I mean it reads because like I remember in like '95 I was speaking a lot of French. <laughs> was it working? Were you out on a, be- a canvas bed on the beach seducing like five different women dressed in white? Wee oui, wee. Oui. See, being a Gen Xer was <laughs> would have been best. awesome. Um, Fucking old millennials, our asses. <laughs> we get to see inside the store now. Joe gets a call from the boss named Mitchell. Uh, we don't see him on his line. He's off screen. But he lies to the boss unintentionally, tells him they're depositing the money today because Mitchell says, wait a minute, where's that nine grand? Or, you know, what was mm-hmm. yesterday? Where was the take from yesterday? Yeah. Uh-oh. So Joe just inadvertently lied to the boss because yeah. he doesn't know. Yeah. He also and got a call from the bank, too. Yes, the mm. bank is looking for the money, yeah. too. They're like, uh, what the fuck? He's looking for the money. We're the bank. What the fuck? Where'd the money go? I will say the, the, the one thing that I both like and dislike about this movie is that they don't tell you who this guy really is. We, we understand that he's the manager. We understand that he's upset. But immediately, mm-hmm. I start questioning, why have you not fired this guy? You're going to make him sit on a couch? Is he going to be arrested? I, I hope you're calling the cops on him. Like, I know. None of that stuff happens. And it's just like, oh, I, you're I such a I'm like, you're a rules, shitty manager. Man. Like, what yeah. the hell? Jared is a big stickler. He's like, wow. fire this man. $9,000, fire him. I feel like yeah. Barco would but then probably I, get fired, and then you got him. But then again, sticking around. Yeah. But what What's I'm saying is, what, now you're turning on Barco? By the time I we know. get to the end, <laughs> I'm defending Barco. and we get the reveal, I'm like, oh, I appreciate the way that they did this, because I'm like the whole time I'm like, fuck this guy, but I'm like, oh, no, like there's some, there's a layer to him. Yeah. Right. He's deeper than me. Yeah. Right. By the end, though, he lets a lot of stuff slide, and you're kind of like, yeah. really? But like... Yeah, he's yeah. a cool boss, you know. Even yeah. though he's got his his, his mean uh, streak. See, you like him. Mm-hmm. Both wish that you were Gen Xers. Oh, he was yeah, too yeah. old, and, he, and yeah. you're, yeah. you were too young. He's you like, know, God, I wish I could be hanging out with yeah. you kids. I'm, I'm like a borderline boomer. This sucks, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So the <laughs> and. Uh, so he thinks that they they already deposited the money. Meanwhile, we cut to and we don't really get a lot of scenes outside the store, but there's in our cut anyway. But we're outside of uh, Corey's house in our cut, 
Liv Tyler is picked up by Gina Renee Zellweger in her mm-hmm. cool convertible. The yeah. most and only time I have ever been attracted to Liv Tyler. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say uh, Renee Zellweger. Both. Uh, uh, they both look mm-hmm. agreed. Great. Yes. Yeah. 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 And but but like Renee Zellweger does have this kind of like. 90s jersey thing going on and I'm kind of like I, it's like no. yeah you, you look good but also you don't look good at all it works all. for no. the, the character oh, she, in this she's, the mini skirt and the combat boots yeah, yeah. that that's that is 90s like, big <laughs> oh, time and Casey just big got time. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> are, are we talking Corey's outfit or are we talking Gina's because I know Corey, yeah Corey's like when you like look up 90s fashion female mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of Empire Records, Liv Tyler yeah, photos. Angora sweater. She's like a, a tiny backpack away from just being like hitting every fashion mark <laughs> yeah. of 1995. Yeah, but so. she looks good. And then, and, uh, yeah. it, it, and, and then never again will I ever find myself attracted to Liv Tyler, and it's because of her. <laughs> what do you have against Liv Tyler? It's her voice. She's oh, very wispy, she's, very airy. She's got this kind yeah. of voice that I just I can't listen to this for. It's kind of like the secret of Nim, um, yeah, like, <laughs> main character. The that's sad. That's the same reason I don't like Joey Lauren Adams. Well, I like Joey Lauren Adams. Oh dear, I can understand that, dude. I mean, like I said, Chasey Naiman would have been a great movie if that role. Joey Lauren Zellweger is in this movie. Like it might have, like they're interchangeable, the two of them. Yeah. Um. So, uh, she, Liv Tyler's character Corey, uh, she's she's telling Gina she's gonna give up that V card today for yeah. Rex Manning at like the store, presumably, and she even made cupcakes. Uh, so she's very excited about this. She's a young girl, so you know she's seventeen. And uh, we're back to the store. God, wait, see uh. when you put don't. When you put a number on it, and then the things that happen later, I'm like, now I'm uncomfortable. Like, don't yeah. just Dude, let me think that she's an 18 year old high school senior. Fine, she's 18. Says Good. the guy but who gets arrested. <laughs> just <laughs> let me think that she's <laughs> an 18 year old. I'm a stickler for the rules. Okay, why don't you come with We've me? Clearly established. I need her to be 18. Fine, she's 18. I need her to be 18. Okay, so for the movie, I, yeah, I got. Why can't, it's more like, why can't you let me believe? Continue believing that she's 18. Why can't you let me believe she's an adult. She's. Uh, oh. uh, she told me she was a child, some, but I thought she was some eighteen. I swear. She, was, she was probably twenty-four. Yeah, no, twenty-five. Of when that movie was made. Yeah. So, so like you're fine. In, yeah, in, in real she's world, she's a nineties teenager. Okay. She's well over the age of consent. Yes. But yes, if they're sexualizing her in the crazy video for Aerosmith, that's years prior to this. They could sexualize her. Wait, in. yeah. I'm sorry. Is that is that real? It, crazy by Aerosmith. It's it, Alicia Silverstone, Liv <laughs> Tyler. They run off together. They yeah. kind of have kind of cute, kind of sexy adventures. Yeah. But like, how yeah. how much do they sex? Because that's his daughter. I like, know. how much do they exactly? We all know that, and it's yeah. it's it's borderline kind of all right. Okay. It's yeah. kind of like that. They're dancing at a bar together. They're like like friends, and then like guys are watching them no. like cowboys or yeah. something. No. So I'm glad like, I've never seen this. <laughs> no. The uh. Okay, so it doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> I, I hate it. The um, like this, like really kind of blew me away because mm-hmm. I had forgotten. Like, she goes into this whole thing. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna lose my virginity yeah. to this famous guy." It's her you know? subplot. I was like, is I'm gonna do now, this. Now, here's the other thing too. Is it very clear that it's her virginity? Because I, I believe, I yes. think the phrasing says, was, yeah. "I'm gonna offer myself to Rex she Manning." She says, first time." Oh, okay. make no yeah. mistake, she's gonna give up that V card to okay. Rex Manning. Yeah. So back to the store. AJ is a stinker. Uh, Jeremy Eaton. He likes yeah. to burn with moose. 
CDs literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's up with that? Ethan Embry, Mark is listening to like some hardcore punk, and then like yeah. he wants to. AJ wants to set the mood. I think because today's the day he's going to tell Corey that how he feels. So yeah. I think he's oh. trying to put in a CD that's more like mellow. He takes out Mark's, takes a lighter to it. And then like Yeah, that's going a step too far. Yeah, he really fucks with Mark there. But also like apparently maybe your cut gets into mm-hmm. his his artistic side because we only get little glimpses as he likes to glue quarters. Yeah, that's the and the, and, the and the tell floor. people that he's an artist and draw something on a little book. That oh, yeah. makes him he's, he's he's the he's the 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 romantic here. And he's you know, you like yeah. absolutely need this guy. He's you, the That's why I relate to him. Yeah. If uh, <laughs> if anything I'd say there's a couple why, because you glue money to the floor? I have I have done that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of traits about these characters that I appreciate because they're adding to it to make them more three-dimensional, but I don't think we have enough time in the economy of this story, at least in our cut. Like, for instance, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, Liv Tyler's diet pill addiction. Yeah, that's one of those Very things. When we get to that, movie. I'm like, this movie needs 17 more minutes to explain <laughs> that. Honestly, and it's... Yeah. The, it, for, it, it doesn't. That was like okay. Right. That whole thing with her diet pill thing, like yeah. still tacked that, on. That like, that's why we need the forty extra minute. Cut. I, I think they showed Perhaps. this movie to a bunch of like focus groups and, and and like you know people were like oh the you know that character's too goody goody and somebody was like what do we do to like you know you know make yeah. her uh, a little more relatable diet pills yeah I'm good with that well, let's go. It's that they try to give everybody problems, and it's yes. like you don't necessarily need to have a problem. It, but yeah, yeah. you know, because like she could have just been like her situation was totally fine. She could have been the goody goody in the group, and she tried right. to seduce Rex Manning. Like you're she tries a to, on a hat. She, yeah, yeah, she tries yeah. to step outside of her comfort zone, and mm-hmm. it backfires. Yeah. That's enough. Wait, you so don't need the the pills, but like ninety five. Right. Yeah. So, so what what is, what is everybody's problem? AJ. Has to profess he's, his love. He's, for, he's loved, and he has to do it by one thirty-seven p.m. Yeah, a very right. specific right. time. Liv Tyler needs to give up that V card to Rex Man, and yeah. she's got a pill problem, and and, yeah, and a pill problem. G- so she's obviously the lead because she's G- got two problems. You know, uh, Gina Renee Zellweger. She doesn't really have a lot going on today. I mean, it's yeah. made very clear that she's the slutty character in the cast. Mm-hmm. But no group. subplot today. But no, no yeah. real... Uh, not she's, until she's after... She's kind of the townie, like, you know, the girl who, yeah. like, you, you know, peaked in high school. Like, that you sort can of. touch on, like, a little bit later. But still nothing to do. Yeah, no. Lucas, he already did his job. He's yeah. kind of, like, there to yeah. observe. And then yeah. you got Mark, who's just also kind of, like, to me, like a Gina... Um, he's he's, he's a clown. There. He's yeah. a clown character. Yeah. He's there to goof Lucas, around Lucas and like be. His problem is that he has to save Empire Records. What's that? His problem is that he has to save the records. Mark store. does. Lucas. Well, Lucas. Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, Lucas has more than enough to do. Gina, yeah. Mark, little whatever. They're Robin, there. Robin Tony's got her. And then you got Deb. Yeah. And then you got whose whose problems all happened at like moment negative at, fifteen of this story off camera. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah at Adam Davidson's house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you mean Barco? Yeah, Barco. Barco. And then there's Barco. And then there's yeah. Barco. There's and then you got Barco. and then you who got lives the, behind the record store. And who what's the what's the long I need to know more about Barco. I need to know more about this long-haired kid who looks like he does heroin. <laughs> like he's got heroin. He's got meth teeth. He's very Oh, you're talking about uh uh Eddie. Yeah. The long-haired guy who gives Mark the brownies and the mixtapes. Oh, right. He's a guy. nice guy. Okay. He's, he's a, like a goofball. I, I like him that like Mm-hmm. For the time, he could have very easily just been another Jay ripoff, but yeah. like, mm-hmm. and he comes out, and I'm like, uh oh, like he's gonna be a Jay ripoff because he so looks just like it. He's way yeah. more but human than Jay. He's a yes, yeah. a much more soulful character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I liked that. I liked that Eddie. He's guy. almost as cool as Barco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he also he also works at a pizza place. 
Oh, he yeah. works there? Yeah. When yeah, that's yeah, right, because he, he comes in and he delivers like, pizzas for yeah. like the pizza oh. place and works oh, right at the record on. store in their vinyl section. Every 90s. Yeah. Oh, he had a whole vinyl section. Yeah. My God, if you ever wanted to fantasize about what music would have been like, incredibly difficult in the 90s. That's it. But, um, you know, Eddie. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. He's a nice guy. Because <laughs> you're Gen X, so you're like, eh, everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, a big deal, guys. You just want to, you want to smoke yeah. a bowl and like this be done. Like, like yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, AJ. His plight is he's going to uh, first. He's asking Joe, who's like, he, I love this because you know I've directed enough where I was like, in this scene, you're going to be looking for the money. So the camera's going to track you. You're yeah. going to hunt in that drawer. You're going to look under the cushion of that couch. We're going to give you something to do, Joe. Yeah. Anthony LaPaglia in this scene. Don't well, worry. We know you've been questioning. Why am I mad so much? We get we we came up with something yeah. last night. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be looking. So they give him the something money. to do, yeah. and 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 uh, he's AJ is asking him for advice how to tell Corey how he loves her. He's gonna say, "I'm gonna do it by lunch, and I'm gonna do it by one. I'm gonna do one thirty-seven exactly. That's cute, ha ha." Yeah. And then uh, Liv and Renee show up to help open. They jam to probably one of the most famous needle drops of the movie, at least to me. And first time watching, I'm like, this song probably makes the most impression. The biggest impression on me is when they're opening and they're doing their opening duties. That Queen Sarah Sunday song. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Joe confronts him about the money. And uh, Lucas tells him it's gone in Atlantic City because Lucas comes back as well. Yeah. So Renee live. I feel Lucas. like like this character, like if you were to do this movie today, you just make it much more clear that this character has Asperger's because like the, <laughs> that's the Lucas? way that he's behaving. Yeah. yeah. He's just like the money's gone. Like the constantly. I don't understand why. What, I don't know. What's the money's gone? Like yeah. that's just how it is. Like mm-hmm. he he doesn't understand the social <clears throat> situation that he's in. It seems. I think he does. Yeah. I think he's just amused by it, amusing himself in every conversation. Well, then he's even worse. Like well, the fact that he's that if he's that much of a sociopath that he's just doing this for his own entertainment. Fuck him. Well, you don't have you don't have to hang out with Lucas, Jer. Well, no. he's there on the couch the whole time, and I am there in the couch doodling in my book and i have to tell Liv so, tyler that i love her by 137 so yeah. yeah i have to hang out with them all you're such wow. a joe we need you to be more of an aj right i really absolutely just kind of the two characters that i related to the most and i'm questioning if it's because of the hair that i have at the moment <laughs> if you get that haircut the personality will change you'll become lucas yeah, you true. will i suddenly will. feel i like just need to start using totally moose in my hair I, I had a caesar cut at, at that time and i'm telling you i was the same exact way just chill you know? man and then Joe doesn't fire Lucas, and Lucas doesn't tell Joe immediately why he gambled. And he kind of like hints at it. He's like, "Aren't we both in trouble, Joe?" Yeah. And he's like, well, the, "The fucking money. You stay here on the fucking couch." And he doesn't say all the fucks, but yeah. he says, he, "So <laughs> you play Flores Lava all day on the couch in the back office here yeah. while I make some calls." Yeah. <laughs> calls. <laughs> and he goes, and he does as he's told because he's a good little boy. I guess no. Actually, Lucas is a delinquent. We find out he grew up a delinquent. So AJ is just giving gluing quarters to the floor. Again, yes, mom dropped him off at juvie. <laughs> I've done it. Oh. Robin Tunney, AK, and there's a coin shortage, by the way, due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't done and it recently. I'm not like I, like last week. I glued <laughs> a couple of quarters to the <laughs> floor of the jewel and watched an old lady try for an hour. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Robin Tony, a.k.a. Deb, comes to work. She immediately goes to the bathroom. They're like, hey, hey, Deb. She doesn't answer. She slams the door like a teenager, mm-hmm. like a Gen Xer. Yeah. She cuts hey, all of her hair off. There's there's a moment as they're setting up the store where Ethan Embry, mm-hmm. like, like 
tries to like push up on that ballerina girl. Yes. You guys remember? Are that? you talking about the mural or is that a different thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's the. Oh, is this a, is this an extended cut? I don't know. Uh, maybe it sounds like or it. Like there's this there's this woman who's like obviously a customer and like listening at what I think is like a listening station that or something. That comes later in our cut in like a montage when they're uh, setting up for the party. I think oh, they remixed oh, okay. it. Oh yeah. She so puts her leg up and he catches it. Yeah, and, and they like kisses her foot. Yeah. That's that's much later in in our yeah. cut. Yeah. 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 So yours the is early. Up with that. Mark's That's interesting. See, because the DVD, the extended DVD, is referred to as a like a fan remix edition. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was wondering, like, what do you mean remix? Like, is that you're just trying to be cute with the remix? But no, like uh, apparently, yeah, there like no, they repurposed this yeah. Yeah. sequence. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Robin Twenty shows up. She cuts yeah. off all her hair. Mm-hmm. AJ tells Lucas he's going to tell Corey he loves her by 137. He says, that's a great time. He's just like a zen today. And, and AJ mm-hmm. notices. He's like, you're like the Chinese guy in the karate kid. Like Yesterday, yeah. you're, you're somebody else. And today, you're like that. I don't get you, man. So that makes me want to know what this guy was like before he got this way. Like, I think it was the yeah. Atlantic City trip. Like, I have to think yeah. that it, it's something like that. Well, he's 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 like the total Gen Xer. Like, so he doesn't mm-hmm. really care about anything. Take a shot every time we right? say Gen X. Listen, yeah, I know. You're gonna right? be so smashed. I won't be able to drive home. Uh, the, you know, and I think like you, you know, Lucas has actually found a purpose for the first time in his life. Yeah, you know, and that is to That's keep Empire Records open. Yeah. So Got he's becoming like incredibly philosophical, emboldened. like you know. yeah. Uh, yeah. So we get that one of your favorite lines. AJ says, "What's with you today?" And Lucas says, uh, "He says, what's go ahead." No, you say it. He was prompt. Okay, he was setting you up. Okay. Oh, thanks. Okay, feed me the line. Okay. <laughs> What's with you today? What's with today? Today. Yes. And Nailed scene. it first time. Thanks. Deb emerges thanks. from the bathroom to go to the registers, but AJ, sensitive, kind of, I don't know, bold guy that he is, he confronts her about the bandages, band bandage, just one arm, one wrist. Yeah. He notices on there. And uh, this is this is probably going to be a very insensitive thing to say, and I don't intend for it. But like, <laughs> do kids still do this? Like, is Slit this their wrist? Yeah, is it still no? Like, th- like I mean, I guess she was literally trying to commit suicide. But like the whole idea of like of cutting, like, do do people still do that? Is that still a thing? I, I bet it is. I don't. Yeah, I I, d- I genuinely don't know. I I I don't. It, it felt like I it was a thing that like self-harm like will always be yeah. a thing whether yeah I hate to admit it yeah self-harm I, I, th- I think it would still be a thing mm-hmm. you, you know uh, oh, sorry to bring the room down guys no, I, just, no, no, just no, I, I was wondering <laughs> about today's youth yeah. I think uh, yeah I think self-harm will always be a thing yeah um, she emerges from the bathroom he notices the bandages she says I had a rock star funeral turns out I wasn't on the guest list a lot of lines yeah. like that yeah AJ won't let her go until she explains why, but Lucas says she's great and leaves her to go to the work. This is one of my favorite lines, actually. It's very uh-huh. low key, but he says she's in the store. She's fine. Yeah, I liked that too. There was there was a lot behind that line. Exactly. Yeah, there Wise there man. absolutely was. I I've I felt that too. Yeah, you know it it showed like you you know that like all of them were like kind of united in yeah. this. This one thing, which was like you know the record store. She's just the Raphael of the Turtles, you know. And Leo <laughs> gotta go see a movie, you guys. And Leo's just like, listen, Raph's guys, in the sewers. Guys, let's let Raph go see Critters. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you let me watch Critters? I wanted to watch Critters. You said I couldn't, Leo. <laughs> 
and uh, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, no of course I'm I totally joking. I oh. just <laughs> wanted to see both of Fuck you. Like you. <laughs> you liar. That That's so the Gen like, X humor. Both of you through. at the same time. Like we're like, what? <laughs> 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 uh, 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 <laughs> oh, smoke coming out <laughs> of you. <ears. laughs> um, you don't have to like them, you have to see the movie. Casey Jones. Uh, um, we see the rapport Deb has with Gina and Corey is not that great. Corey, she walks up to the red. She's like, why'd you cut your hair? Is that some kind of joke? She says, you're the joke. Yeah, like I did it because yada yada. Like gives yeah. her some smart ass. Rem- blah, remark. blah, blah. You're the joke. Slut. And uh, she has some <laughs> words with Gina, too. And it's all like, yeah, you can't keep your legs closed. Can you? And yeah. she's all or, like, here, here, what does she say? The, uh, y- y- you know, uh, the shorter your skirts get, the smarter you are. Or yeah, something it's to like, that oh, effect. well, the shorter your hair gets, the smarter you get. So it's really working out for you with your neo-fascist makeover. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a labored line. <laughs> yeah. That was like, oh, you're you are delivering an insult here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know that kind of bummed me out a little bit because I didn't, you, you know, when I watched it today, I didn't remember that. Like, you, you know, all the. All the females that worked at this store were like kind of at odds. Like, I was the, like you at know what? first, and then they they unite a little bit later when they get that contract, and they don't yeah. dwell on that too much. And I wish they did because that is like a united front they have. But and then it, like at the very end, it's like all about the store, so they're all yeah. right banded together. And Mark yeah. moshes to some tunes with some customers, and another grungy, druggy employee we already mentioned named Eddie, who delivers pizza. Apparently, gives Mark. He's a nice guy. He gives Mark a mixtape and some homemade brownies. Man, yeah. fuck yeah! yeah. Uh, as the employees set up for Rex Manning, a uh, table, cardboard cutouts of him, a monitor with the same yeah. music video that it's, they showed it's us. It's a strange yeah. amalgam, this Rex Manning, because it's like mm. they treat him like he's a Donny Osmond type. Like, or like a Davy Jones. Uh, yeah, like somebody yeah, who like, like your mom. dressed in like that. Yeah. That like but Davy Jones his music is thing. like straight out of like 80s almost yeah. hair band. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a weird blend of two things that doesn't yeah. quite make sense. Feels well, they like do a, talk about how he was on a TV show before becoming a singer and that's where uh, he was like okay. famous. So it's definitely that of, like Jack Wagner thing yeah. of like, hey, I'm going to be famous here so then I'm going to yeah. try to be famous over there. Gotcha. Even a bit like, I bet like even Jack Lord cut an album or something like that. Like a lot of TV stars did Leonard that. Nimoy put out three. Oh yeah. And, you know? and he did Three Men and a Baby and and it's, it's just he's a, he's the most talented artist. So yeah. right, did did he write that or did he direct it? He just directed it. Yeah. Um, there's a ghost awesome. in that. Can you imagine being on set with that movie and like Leonard Nimoy is yeah. your director? I know. Ghost, like, you know, like you're fucking Steve <laughs> Gutenberg. Like, did I just get directed by fucking Spock? <laughs> right. This? this is great. Like, uh, I would have gotten fired. <laughs> Jared's about to. Jared just did a nod like he's maybe Ted Danson. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like about, about to, to go slip for it. Ted Danson. I was like, I don't have a Ted Danson in my arsenal yet i don't know no, sure tim where's tim, the coins yeah i got i got that ted dance ted <laughs> <laughs> larry why'd you show up to my my kid's party oh, sure just take the advice from spock it's okay <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so oh, boy. um employees set up for rex manning a line forms lucas sees a little shoplifter through the window and back and yeah. joe is too busy on the phone to pay attention he's He's like sweet talking some. He's doing some business. He's, he's talking to Mitch. Yeah, Mitch. He's talking to. He's like, got the money, you know. Mitch. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm Mike Myers' friend, and so I married an ex-murderer. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. I'm telling you, I was in that movie. 
I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I was up. in more than one movie. Yeah. <laughs> what if every time Anthony LaFaglia <laughs> had to go out, he had to convince people he was in the things what? he was in? I've never I'm heard. I'm telling I, you. I can't. I, I, I'm not the best with like a lot of actors. Like I'm, I'm yeah. good with actors, but like only to a certain point. He you does you sh- and Mike are really good at like. He does like a Law and Order now. Okay. I was going to say, what the fuck has this guy done? For yeah. years now. Because like what? Yeah. Like what's his thing? What's he known for? Because all I know him for is this haircut. Yeah, did, he, he played. This being not John Capellos. Yeah. He he played this one like mobster that always wore like a mesh shirt called <laughs> Barry the Blade. Oh, and I want to say it was great. in the Pelican Brief, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Okay. Was that it? I'll have to look that up. Well, that's a movie. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. Much. But I have no hate for La Paglia. Um so Lucas, he, he's got to do something about it. He takes the cushion off the couch. Very technically, he's on the couch still. He's holding it. He comes out to talk to Mark, who has the brilliant idea of forming a band called Mark with a C. Yeah. Uh, Lucas confronts the kid shoplifter. It's just a kid. And he's slicing open CD discs. He's, he's taking CD cases. Like he's t- taking off the barcodes. Yeah. yeah. What'd you find, Casey? Oh, I uh, I stopped looking because it wasn't easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there's a lot of people. Bury the Pelican Blade. Brief. Let's Google Bury the Blade. Oh, that's a good idea. And then, so Lucas confronts the kid shoplifter. He runs for it like immediately. First, he plays it cool, kind of walks out. Then he runs because he knows Lucas knows. He goes outside, goes back inside. Yeah, that's the dumbest. That's like one of those horror movie going upstairs when the killer's in the house kind of thing. And I like Gina this. makes the comment. She's like, uh, darn, isn't it customary to leave the scene of the crime? <laughs> I, I, I like this whole sequence, though, because it's almost like they have a process and routine for dealing with shoplifters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's it, Lucas's job. Yeah, it's, it's almost like... Yeah, it's Gina, it's Gina just like oh, like the PA. Yeah, it's like oh, great! Like finally, we get a shoplifter. Like they're excited at the idea of all the things like, they get to do. Ladies and gentlemen of the store, yeah. if you look to your right, you'll see Lucas chasing this boy out in the the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's almost like there's such a ragtag group that th- they are amused by this kind of stuff. Yeah. That the most normal stuff shirt, stuffy shirt, people would be like, whoa, whoa, shoplifter. Whoa, yeah. whoa. You know that was in that scene. There, there came up this thing where Renee Zellweger would get on the uh, on the PA system. Mm-hmm in the store like yeah. that was like her thing the she was like like, a gag. like the MC for like the whole thing and mm-hmm. the hostess were, of the of the shoplifting uh, right. yes but there there was also this other thing where there were like some just kind of weird asides to the camera that happened in this movie mm. like I know Lucas does too um Ethan Embry does like a couple oh, like of them break the fourth wall kind of right deal? oh yeah. okay where yeah, you know Lucas just like, did it a couple times. Yeah, like, I knew Lucas, what? but I don't remember anyone else. Like those were two things that, like, after I watched it, I was like, "Oh yeah, they did break <laughs> the fourth wall, like, like a few times, and like for no good reason." They're so like, Wayne's Barry, World did Barry it. The Blade Maldano was in the client. Oh, uh, the client. Okay. The client. That sounds like the Pelican Brief. It's I know, Maldano. <laughs> you were close enough. Yeah, so. Uh, that, he goes yeah. outside. He goes back inside. Back outside. Uh, Lucas gets in a car and like opens a door and that's how he whacks him because he's run into the car and he doesn't see it coming and that's when Joe uh, they he, they bring the kid inside they're gonna call the cops on him he looks like he's maybe like fifteen yeah, yeah. he's a youngin yeah. and I, again I'm like they're calling the cops on this kid for stealing a couple CDs but the fucking he stole nine thousand dollars follow yeah. the rules and call the cops on this guy right. and to your credit uh, I guess to Warren's the shoplifter whose side you're taking. He, <laughs> that's yeah. an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kind of with like I'm like, 
until it was until Warren said it like and he said it a couple times in this movie. He's like, You're not you're gonna let Lucas slide, but you're not gonna you're gonna fucking yeah. send me to that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And then he comes back with a gun. <laughs> a retribution. I that we'll get to there. Yeah. I'll yeah. share my thoughts well, on that. That get was there. that was a whole other thing that I just could not like uh, wow. This is um this is good writing and I'll tell you why I think to the screenwriting's credit, uh Carol something I believe her name was. Um at this moment tensions are high they just busted a shoplifter mm-hmm. and this is the moment narratively when i think joe should give each of the employees their contracts from music town and he does because i feel like that's just the appropriate time i don't know how to pronounce her last name carol heikinen and okay carol heikinen or heikinen i don't know well i think it's good plotting carol way to go carol because uh, tensions are high perfect time to make them even higher to really capitalize on the moment by handing them these fucking contracts that they have to read Mm -hmm. and uh what does it say says like no revealing clothes no tattoos no revealing clothes yeah you know the things that these two girls like this is the part where the franchise blowing yeah you can only play the pre-approved playlists so there's no dre no snoop no no you know, gin and juice, laid yeah. back with my money, my money, my money, my mind. How, what am I supposed if to? If there's my one money thing on, you should yeah. clearly see when you walk on. into this record store, it's that the see, keys to the kingdom are given to the kids. Yeah. And Gina and Deb are there. We have a united front now, and they they say they first they're trying to they rip each other a couple times. They have a couple uh, jabs, but then they say, "Let's not fight. Let's just rip." And then they both agree to rip their contracts yeah. together. Yeah. Good for them. Because yeah. that's a bold move to just rip your employee contract from the buyout, and it's a gl- kind of a glossed-over joke. Uh, Lucas, because it takes a, what I'm what I'm saying is because this is the same year Days and Confused comes out. Oddly enough, and the, it's it fucking really? plastered all over this movie. Like they're really trying to subliminally, or was I believe nine? What year? Maybe it was ninety three. Maybe it was nine, two years. Days and Confused. Yeah, can you please look that up? Because yeah, you know Rory be right Cochran that, is in both movies. Lucas is in. Days and Confused, and he's yep. the stoner. 93, yeah. Okay, so two years prior, sorry. And the counter has a Days and Confused sticker Yeah, that's what I was it. saying. It's just yeah. like, yeah. it's this, all over this movie. I feel like this movie, it makes more sense that it was two years later, because I got a lot, I think I got a lot from that movie. Yeah. It's a cool hangout movie about mm-hmm. some young kids, and Rory Cochran's in both. He's great yeah. in both, I think. Maybe less Renee so Renee Zellweger's in both. She's in uh, Days and Confused? Isn't she? Joey Lauren point. Adams is Parker Posey. See, like I said, oh, am I thinking of Joey Lauren Adams? You're yeah, thinking of Joey, Joey Lauren Adams because they're interchangeable. Jo- oh, yeah, God. but uh, yeah, I think this draws a a bit from Days and Confused, even though it came out just two years prior. Um, so anyway, uh, oh, what I'm saying is Days and Confused takes the whole movie for uh, uh, Pink Floyd, uh, the London kids character, to rip up his football contract. Whereas these, they're just like, yeah. they just got it. They're just like, fuck this. Fuck this. So yeah. it's like not even a big deal to them. So I, I like that. So Lucas gets to know the shoplifter on the sofa. His name is Warren. He apparently likes Dr. Dre and Metal and Whitney Houston. Yeah, and, and uh, his name is not Warren, by the way. It's not Warren. He says it's Warren. He says his name is Warren Beatty. Yeah. Oh, so they, they, they call s- him they sarcastically Warren. call him Warren because uh, like, oh, that's the name you gave us. So fine, we'll call you Warren. I call there. him Warren. My notes. Right. Um, I like this scene because it's character work, but it's also uh, music based. This is the world he's living in. So he looks at his music selections that he's stolen. He's all like, you know, this is some aggressive stuff. This is going to perpetuate your criminal impulses, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. you think you should listen to some jazz, something a little more mellow? Right. 
You know, I like yeah. that. Uh, it's it's like you work here. Well, let's get some moments where you actually consult. Like in High Fidelity, he gets some of that in that movie. Some actual right. inside baseball. Yeah, like you can't work in a record store and <laughs> and not show you working like doing yeah. actual like why are you working here and uh, you can no. tell a lot of these like it's a cheap way to shoot a movie is you get your extras but you don't have them talk because if they talk they have to get yeah. into sag there's a lot of scenes where just extras are just like they can't they all they can do is just react like cartoon characters are sheep <laughs> to whatever's going on there's no way they're going to interact with these employees yeah. it's yeah. all about these employees they're just background noise so around this time Rex Manning arrives at the store with Debbie Mazar. Which Debbie I'm, I'm like, Mazur. Debbie Mazar. I love you're, Debbie Mazar. You're like, still like. I like what she does. Like, there's a place for Debbie Mazar. I'm like, my it question does. is, where the fuck did she pop up? Is like, like she couldn't she's have been around for much longer before this. Like, she yeah. just Casey. appeared, and all of a sudden, she's like in where these types she? of roles that where you're like, oh, yeah. that's Debbie Mazar. She's kind of like to me, like a Melinda Clark, if you know who that is. She pops up in a lot of shit, just mm-hmm. like this kind of, I think Debbie Mazur's kind of pretty, like this kind of pretty woman who's just kind of yeah. like bold and like, she's, you don't know uh, who the fuck she is. She's She's got a pair of deads. She's got some, some dead, dead eyes. eyes. She's got vampire she, eyes. She's got. She does. Yeah. She does. De- she's got I mean, these, like, like Udo Kier. Like, yeah. Mr. Mr. Tom Ace, your friends, Mr. Yeah. Lawyer. Yeah. But, but she's. She's, <laughs> 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 name? she's, she's a <laughs> solid <laughs> actor, man. Like, yeah, she everything really is. like I've seen her in, what she's she like. Really I love good. her in Batman Forever. As Spice. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, she's one of oh. Two Faces chicks. Drew Barrymore right. and Debbie Mazur. Yeah. Uh, aside of... I had forgotten about that. The, oh. Raw donkey meat. Yeah. Spice <laughs> <laughs> gives him raw donkey meat. And he's like, hmm. But uh, she, she's like... Boar and donkey meat. <laughs> she's a precursor to a character on Entourage. Yes. Vinny yeah. Chase's publicist. Who is like a lot like this? Except you can even head candidate to where she grew up to be that she got yeah. more. She got her teeth sharpened, and now she's like not taking as she's much. She's like, shit. I don't need to take shit from people like exactly. Rex Manning or the kids yeah. who work at Empire Records, also. Yeah. But they yeah. help her ultimately. But anyway, she shows up <laughs> with Rex Manning, and when they get inside, Rex is disappointed. When they get outside, he's like, "What is this?" Like you know, and she's like, "Well, you know, there's not a gig too uh, small for you." you yeah. Know? Yeah, she starts doing that like total record executive thing of like yeah. you, you know, you test well in the suburbs, so this is good for you. <laughs> yeah, and like and then, I, the whole time I'm trying to decide like how bad of a guy is Rex Manning because like he's 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 we're gonna talk about this a villain character for the movie. We're gonna oh, talk yeah. about this. let's well yeah. wait then yeah because like it, it by the end when he leaves the movie we can get him an, uh, an indictment on or not on Rex Manning. Uh, yeah. Uh. Uh. When they get inside, Rex he's disappointed because he's a bit of a diva. Okay, so that's I guess strike one, half a strike for me. Yeah. They're welcomed in back by uh, even his hair is from like the sixties, <laughs> right? Yeah, that, his, right. his hair is Looks straight like out big, of big like, like sideburns mm-hmm. and everything. This is if we think contextually, this is Gen X's era. These are Gen X. These are young twenty-something-year-old kids. This is their world. This is a guy who grew up who's big in the 70s maybe maybe early 80s like it's hard to pinpoint his time frame again because he's an amalgam of like two different i feel like eras. This, he yeah. is like a perfect target for this kind of demographic you know you're not of our time you're like you're fake you're and, phony and the yeah. word target is a very good <laughs> uh, term to use for this man yeah. because yeah. i i I don't know how bad of a guy he actually is he's kind of he's, he's the the, with the way he looks he's asking for it but the way yeah. he acts Sort of asking, I don't know. Only sort of, because like let's 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 take this piece by piece as we go here. Yeah. Uh, he arrives here. Yeah. He's 
a little upset with the place. Well, first of all, this is a, an enormous record store. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he should, like, these don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know how much this, you know, 1995. But, like, he's also worried a little bit about his hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, you're, you're a rock star or a, at least a musician. So, like, your appearance is something that you have to cultivate. Yeah. Not necessarily the worst thing in the world. You're a little upset about it. We're so. really analyzing. Uh, I'm just saying. So far, he hasn't really done anything that bad. Yeah, I agree. I know, but he's, you know, he's totally says the iconic. Gen Xer. He's like, no, but guys, he's the worst. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's totally the, the, the embodiment of like everything that Generation X or that yeah, Gen X was exactly. was opposed to. Right, you know, so that's why he's important and, to this and, movie, and we're in agreement because Jared's saying he's the villain of this movie, yeah, which absolutely. means he's absolutely. the villain of the characters of this movie, which yeah. is perfect a villain for. These but it's kinds one of those of things characters. where I'm like, well, you can look at some Gen Xers or at least something, some things from the '90s, and be like, "Fuck you!" Like, what bad? How? Well, like this? You, like you know, you make a movie now, an Empire Records now, the Gen Xers kind of the villain. You'll you might find, or the yeah. boomer, ba- the boomer the is boomer, the villain. It's not quite Gen X. We're not quite indicting Gen X yet. Because yeah. again, Gen X has done nothing wrong. I think right. you just and of, you're not going to be able to trust me. I like, feel like we didn't give a shit about anything. I know. I, I almost, about nothing. Not to defend you further but i feel like they skipped you and now they're they're piling on millennials more than xers yeah. they just like fuck these guys toss them to the like these fucking you. millennials the way they hold their phones and they talk mm. about doggos and mm. people and that's the we other are thing too is that they teflon generation we they misinterpret the like the the zoomers is what people are really mad about like the generation mm. z and like we're not gen z that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They like they don't make they don't diss. They go okay, boomer. They don't say okay, extra. And then they also diss us millennials. They diss us millennials because mm-hmm. they're lumping us with the generation that they really want to diss. Because millennials is the term that like, I don't think like most like you look at like you see these kind of things all the time. Most millennials are like all, like almost forty and like you know they're not. Yeah. They can remember when like they're. Are were, we talking about Z's attacking on the offense? Because that's what I'm talking about. I'm taking. I'm talking about older generations. No, shitting attacking, on, shitting, shitting on. That's always going to happen. But these 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 young kids got their knives out for older generations. Yeah, they really do. Um, I mean, I'm but sh- you know, what? I'm going to let you guys talk about that because I don't. Because I'm the expert. Because I, I don't care. This is this is this is your. It's kind of grading, like how chill yeah. fucking X is. <laughs> A little kinda bit fucking grading. <laughs> so, oh. I'm telling you, this movie is just dripping with 90s. It's uh, Get out of my swamp! Oh, God. Uh, once again, Shrek comes by the studio. I don't know. Hello, boys. It's your favorite ogre. Oh, bye, Dan. Dan. Hey, go- bye, guys. I have to go do something. Well, Dan's leaving, but Shrek's here. Oh, thank God for that. We've been really hoping that you would come back and grace us with your presence. Oh, you were expecting Prince, Prince Charming. Charming. No, I wasn't expecting Prince Charming. I was, quite frankly, I wasn't expecting you either, but here you are. Listen, I will take this opportunity, uh, since you are here, to uh, maybe teach you about uh, another podcast that you could maybe drop in on and stop bothering us. We're talking about the 10K Dollar Day podcast. Have you ever wanted to just take a luxury vacation, Shrek? Well, of course I do. I live in a swamp. I will say that if you are interested in having a luxury vacation, but, you know, you being someone who lives in a swamp doesn't really have the money to afford said vacation, you should listen and perhaps drop in on the 10K Dollar Day podcast. And that's a podcast, and that's hosted by uh, two very funny ladies, Allison Burns and Lulu Picard. 
And, Picard. Yes. Um, and uh, this is every Wednesday. There's a uh, it's a full length imaginary luxury travel vacation that they get to take. Uh, they spend a fake ten thousand dollars somewhere around the world. And uh, oh. you can kind of live vicariously through them and, you know, have a few laughs along the way. And uh, again, you could probably bother them instead of bothering so, us. So, let me get this right, Jeremy. If I wanted to live vicariously, or travel vicariously, rather, to the kingdom of Ose far, far away, I could do so on the 10K Dollar Day podcast. Yes, essentially that's what you can do. I don't know if they visit fictitious locations like far, far oh, away. Oh, it's not fictitious, Jeremy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that is uh, debatable. Hey. Do you think he's maybe compensating for something? Who are you? Are you referring to me compensating for something? Ogres are a lot like onions, Jeremy. We're multi-layered. Okay, I, I feel like this is uh, going to just go in circles here. Do you even... Lord Farquaad! That's it. That's your whole statement, Lord Farquaad. Uh, well, I, I remember Lord Farquaad, and you know what? Maybe he himself would also like to uh, spend some time on the 10K Dollar Day podcast. So uh, check it out, you know. Um, and again, please just stop dropping in on our show and bother well, someone Jeremy, else. Jeremy, you could expect me to stop by from the swamp from time to time if you'd like. And thank you for telling me about this podcast. Someday I will repay you. Unless, of course, I can't find you or if I forget. <laughs> okay. I'm an ogre! Yes, and you are leaving now. She cheekily, Renee Zelliger cheekily greets uh, Rex and his assistant in a music town apron, nothing underneath. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Liv Tyler. She, what does Liv Tyler do? She plays music and she goes, revealing clothing. <laughs> That's her yeah. line. See, okay, this is another revealing thing about clothing. like Liv Tyler in this movie. Like, yeah. you know, there, she is totally playing up this thing of, of like, I am going to lose my virginity today. And like, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because, you know, they're trying to portray her as like the overachiever, like good kid. But like, my God, if she's like, you know, falling off of that wagon, she's falling yeah. <laughs> she's freaking <falling> hard. <laughs> you know, like it's like, dear Lord, live. <laughs> you know? It's and it's clear that the employees don't respect Rex and his assistant is going to see that soon. Uh, Rex meets some of the fans out there. He doesn't like his chair at first. There's actually a pretty yeah. big line, but it's all older women. And I will say that chair looked pretty uncomfortable to me. I I, I wouldn't want to sit <laughs> so in that chair. Give me the damn folding chair. I'll take still. that. Yeah. Still on Rex's side. All right. Yeah. I, sorry. I'm. I, you lost me. You, you know, sit in the damn chair. <laughs> you know, music boy. <laughs> you know? Music boy. Everybody here is a music boy. Or girl, well, one way or the other. Okay. Fine. Music. Music. I don't know. If we're arguing about chairs, yeah. we're not going to make it, guys. Yeah. So we yeah. see his You're fan right. base is mostly old women and their daughters, and and the employees, uh, and a couple the, of gay men, the publicists. Yeah. See, oh my god, that was like, yeah, you, such a '90s movie thing of like, of like, okay, we got to include the gays somehow. Yeah. You know. So this is when we get the intro to Barco. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in. He walks in. He punches in like he owns the place. Like, I don't even know what time it is. Here I am, right, guys? Yeah. And he sees, he's like, he sees Rex Manning. He sees, he sees he's like, what's going on here? They go, oh, Rex Manning's a Rex Manning. And then he looks at the other employees, and they're just like, 
And then the publicist sees a Debbie Mazur and she's like, oh, man, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. And it's Barco who really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> changed the – it made her quit the job. It Barco was, really it was got in her Barco. head. Bar- Bar- Barco's like – he's he's the conscience <laughs> of this movie. He really he is. is. This movie's conscience. I'd like to think he's the conscience, the brain, the heart, the soul, the blood of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's all of it. Yeah. He is this movie. So AJ tells him, uh, he asks about Deb. And I'm thinking Barco because he kind of looks like a shady dude, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He asks about Deb and AJ's like, she cut off her hair and she has bandages on her wrist. And he's like, hmm, I'm thinking, man, Barco, what'd you do to her, right? Yeah, he did something. Doesn't it feel like he is set up to be Deb's like foil? Mm -hmm. It turns out he's not at all. He's just Barco, man. He's just being Barco, waiting for his chance to (laughs) sing about being sugar. What do you mean he didn't do anything? It's clearly like there that like he he hurt her. What did he do? Because no, because you just said it. You said it earlier yourself. She's like apologizing. You said earlier yourself. She says it has nothing to do with you, man. It's all about I I reassess my life, man. But that's that's what she that's what she tells him. But Mm -hmm. he still comes in apologizing. He needs to be more upfront. What is he apologizing for? She needs if to be he's more so innocent, you tell us you the saw the 17 extra minutes that you weren't supposed to see. Which apparently are <laughs> fucking Barco-less, which yeah, is stupid. Yeah, which is like, why are they even having it? I yeah, hope he's like, in the rest of the 40-minute extra. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think she lets Barco off the hook in a subsequent scene. Casey wants him still on that hook. I think we have a problem here, and it's you might be anti-Barco. I'm 100% anti-Barco. Why is this happening? I don't know. We're losing friends over yeah. this, this conversation. <laughs> it's it's Barco. No, hey, we're all good. I just don't like Barco. You know. All right. Or Joey Lauren Adams. All right. You know. So blame me there. Debbie. Or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. No, okay. <laughs> now I'm crossing a line. Okay. Uh, <laughs> real X-Man over here. So Deb Mazur, Mazur quits, but to Joe, not Rex. She doesn't even tell her employer, Rex Manning, who's out signing autographs, hmm. that she quits. She tells oh, Joe. Yeah. And here's my two biggest problems with this movie is one, well, three. One is not enough Barco. <laughs> two is the diet pill thing. And three is Joe has some backstory with Some history Debbie with Mazur. Debbie Mazur that we don't that, know about? That they totally, does your cut have like them like talking like, man, it's been a while since we dated or something like no, that? No, no, it doesn't. But What the, is in this extra cut? But they the are, fuck, is they they like even on a roof? I don't, to tell you the truth, I don't think it's much. Like I, I didn't even bother like. It's apparently dance, 17 minutes, you know, but, but yeah. the, uh, but they are the same person. They are on the same journey. That's why they have like, you know, an affinity for one another. Sure. You know, they've started like, you know, their their path going one They're way and then somehow it mm-hmm. went to this other thing that they didn't ever really intend it to be. Exactly. Right. You know, and if, if they would have spent a little more time with those two, we've got a good idea of what their relation were they are they brother and sister estranged are they cousins did they fuck did they fuck one night did they fuck for three months i don't know were they married did they get divorced i'll say this have not fucked but will all right but will. Yeah. all right well, barco right. likes <laughs> so joe loses it because debbie mazar quits and like i guess he wanted her to stick around like what it does is like 
just because of everything else that's going on, it kind of prompts him to go to the back office office because there's so many back offices in this place. Yeah, there's yeah. all these catacombs and different rooms. There's these listening booths that we look the at great once. great thing about the 90s is great in economy, gangful employment and back office offices. you got yeah. the space. Yeah. you got the overhead. So he blasts, if you want blood, you've got it by ACDC on the drums. Not a big ACDC fan myself, but this is a yeah. f- fucking cool scene because they grab the uh, PA mic the uh, AJ and Lucas and they put it to the door they're like oh he's having one of his moments you know yeah and uh, they rock out while Joe the whole store hits them skins yeah Yeah. everybody's into it and I like this part because we see all the customers in the listening booths all different kind of walks of life some are making out in their underwear yeah. That's a '90s the making out on a couch at a party feels very. Like the woman as you pan thing. as you pan past them yeah. without acknowledging the, it. The, the woman crying was listening to the carpenters. The carpenters. <laughs> like, oh, she's oh. going through some things. You know she, what? They will make you cry yeah. um, for different reasons now. Yeah. My the, brother used to listen to Jim Croce whenever whenever he got dumped. Whenever oh, did it happen a lot? That he it did. Oh god, he's playing Croce I know the, again. I know Jim Croce far too well <laughs> because my day. brother was terrible in relationships. Oh no! <laughs> what did you listen to, Casey? What did I listen to? You, you know what? Uh, I would listen to the album Blood Sugar Sex Magic mm, when okay. you're getting when you get dumped. I would just start it from like from like you know track give it away, one. give it away, give it away. Yeah. Because it's Casey's just like crying about a relationship that <laughs> right? went wrong. Totally, and totally. it's give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah. That's so good. But um, but yeah, because it was like you know that album was you like know, you know. Here wait, what? What I had? Yeah, yeah. That was the album that I would play from start to finish. I would listen to it on headphones, and I would be pissed and hurt and I what i had i had to give to put through. it in her and now what i have i don't have to put it in her i have uh, to give it away give it away give yeah. it away now guys yeah. i don't i don't ever want to feel yeah. like i did that day yeah oh the <laughs> that to me actually makes sense yeah no when the song breaking the girl came on i was sobbing <laughs> sobbing that was that was the the, the no, denial you're, period you're, you're, of realized of i don't want to be a wise <laughs> why did she leave <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta give it yeah. away now. Yeah, um, no, you guys figured it out. You know, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Jer, like, Jer, what do you listen? What did you listen to? I don't. Well, you're gonna have to ask AJ because whatever AJ listens to, I whenever I would wait until one thirty-seven to confess my love to girls and they didn't reciprocate, yeah. I would often just go and paint in an alley, listening and to fix a sign or something, or something like that. I listen yeah. to war noises. Yeah. No yeah. loop. Cool. Destroy. War. What's war noise? Everything, Everything must, must die. die. You know, like like propaganda, like they do to like get soldiers like really beefed up for war. It's uh-huh. like a lot of chanting of like kill, destroy. Everything must yeah. die. With like, how <laughs> a lot? I just listened to that over yeah. and over. And wow! Over. I listened to yeah. an air raid siren just, yeah. and then I'm good. I'm good. I'm good after that. I'm yeah. good. My yeah. my face is red. My knuckles are white. My wall has a hole in it, but I am good. I am yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. That's a, that sounds like the lyrics to one of those songs. Actually, my face is red. My knuckles are white. <laughs> there's a hole in the wall. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. The boss boss arrives. The suit. Yeah. And he's like he's younger than Anthony Lapaglia. How do you like them apples? 
He introduces himself to Rex at his autograph table. He tells him, hey, you know, this place used to be a toilet fixture place. And if we were selling toilets, I'd be a millionaire. But my beatnik dad made this a record <laughs> store. So like the young guy is like this is about uh, archaic as I don't know the right term for it. But like this is about as comedy as this movie gets like the the lines that he's feeding to rex manning are like somebody wrote these lines and spent a lot of time carefully crafting these jokes these are actual jokes that we're telling right now when you make it a toilet story yeah it's a joke it's a joke. it's a joke yeah um, he makes his way to the back to meet warren quote unquote the shoplifter and lucas on the couch he doesn't know who lucas is that's kind of like a recurring slight joke yeah. who are you i'm lucas i work here he asked Joe for the money to take to the bank because the bank's calling. He's now Mitch wants the money. He's like, you know, you're a busy guy. Let me take it to the bank. Joe, bold move here. Oof. Uh, yeah, so Joe. Joe. How how this didn't immediately backfire like ten right. minutes later, I don't understand. But he stuffs the bank because bag. There's a lock. But the bank still has to like verify the deposit. So like right. he should immediately come back and be like, "What the fuck was this?" <laughs> the guy in the bank said, "This is that's just twice now like, that we don't the, have nine thousand With the locked bank bag, the whole point was that you would drop it in like you know the depository. Mm-hmm. They the bank would then go and grab the bag at a later time and yeah, then I guess put the right. money in your account. That's why it was locked. It's you it's know? uh it's a nice convenient way to to add some time to your narrative. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. Joe stuffs the bank bag with paper, sends him on his that, way. That's that's how we did banking in 1995 right, with locked bags. You know, we would, I remember managing Blockbuster. Yeah, I remember yeah. having See, a, we, I was we on just that. A you worked at a Blockbuster? See, like I, I, I worked everybody, at a Blockbuster. all of us worked yeah. at a, me, Dan, Mike, Kevin, we're not, more people. We all worked at we're Blockbuster. We're not too different. Like we were pre-internet. I was pre-internet till about 15, I know. Yeah. And I worked at Blockbuster. We're not too yeah. different, but I would. Right. Your life was cooler, you know. Like it's obvious, so whatever. <laughs> everything sucks, <laughs> and I'm fucking 32. Fucking everything fucking blows. Yeah. The <laughs> thanks, thanks, Gen X for really saving the world before it became ours. No so, problem. <laughs> um, I mean, we thanks. we did. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, let's get back to Barco. Like positive thoughts here. Barco tries to apologize to Deb. And she won't hear it. She is going through her own issues. Only people who are guilty apologize. That's all I'll say. Oh, man. You are so anti-Barco. I just have to let it go in one ear and out the other. Um, And she won't hear it. She's going through her own issues that don't involve him, apparently. So he walks off, you know. So Joe tries to console her in a bit, too, when he finds her in a listening booth doing, like, taxes. Because she's, like, uh, the right-hand woman there. I think she does the books. He's like, listen, you're doing a good job there. Uh, uh, I got $9,000. And he goes back to his subplot. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, AJ's hanging out. It's on like the, the fourth person that he says, like, if you need to talk, yeah. we yeah, can but talk. There, there, there's this great moment. And this is one of the reasons that I love Robin Tunney, where mm-hmm. she like she has this like completely anguished look on her face. And she even tells like, you, you know, uh, Joe, like, oh, I really don't want to talk about this or like, you know, don't try to fix me. You know, because yeah. it's like this heartwarming like moment where he's like, "Hey, if you ever need to talk," she's yeah. like, "Nope, I don't need you to like fix me or anything." But then he said, he just says, "Like you're doing a great job." To yeah. which she like says without breaking emotion uh, or without breaking her gaze, you know, so like I feel better, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I I I actually took that I misinterpreted that line then because I was like, "Oh, she's being sarcastic." That's like, how I took yeah. it. Yeah, too. like she's like all like yeah. it's an extra fuck you to the guy. That's how I took it. No. No, I I, we can, we don't like speak Gen very, X. It was it was it was it was a great moment. It was a great moment. You know, uh, where yeah, I thought I took it as like you know, she's like, okay, 
that's one positive thing. Okay. Like, okay. you know, and it, I think it gave that character a thing of like, could okay, be both. So, yeah. you know, a character like her hope. would to hide behind layer upon layer of irony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, AJ's hanging out on the roof fixing the sign, uh, rehearsing how he's going to tell Corey how he feels. He considers comparing her to a bath or vanilla ice cream. No, no. French vanilla ice cream. What is that? What's that? Every time I had French vanilla, it's the most romantic spots in my ice cream. You don't like the beans? Everything was about French in the in nineties. French, I like. It's the yellower vanilla ice cream, right? Yeah, it's the yellower with the black dots in it. It doesn't always have black dots. Not always, but a lot of times. Inside, you know, the vanilla like because the vanilla bean, right? I like it. Inside, Corey begs and screams. She screams. This is. Liv Tyler's screaming, so it's rare. She screams at Joe to let her get uh, Rex. <laughs> let her get Rex's lunch. Yeah, dear God, she went a little freaking psycho on yeah, that she's one. She's got a plan, and she needs to execute it, and she needs to get Rex his lunch. And uh, yeah. even though Barco was going to do it, and he probably would have done it immaculately, uh, he complies. Joe complies. Whenever so. Barco would have had to apologize later. Barco probably would have spat in his food, and guess what? Rex might have deserved it. She sets up in the back kitchen, and she makes it look r- romantic AF with the candles <sighs> and like it looks like a real like apartment kitchen. It's yeah. strange, it's, and, yeah. but it's just a it's a back kitchen of a kitchen that they have in this back office of office. an office. Yeah, and he yeah. comes back. Rex Manning's back there, and he's like, mmm, "Lunchtime." He stuffs like the yeah. the, the napkin in his uh, chest. Yeah, uh, because he's like sixty shirt. years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He sits down and he's like, well, I think I have everything I need here. And Liz, Liv, Tyler's just standing there staring. And he... Looking a little cross-eyed in this moment, too. She's like, the way she's staring at him, she kind of like has these like slightly cross-eyed. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, look away, Liv. I'm sorry. I'm attracted to you in this movie, but not in this moment. I love it if a cross-eyed chick like, was so confidently trying to see oh, you. I have a quick question. Did, 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 you, did you find her I'd attractive laugh. in the Lord of the Rings movies? I have never seen one of the Lord of the Rings movies. I have no wow, desire to see really? one of the Lord Yeah. Just like you never saw a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that was a lie. I've seen them. No, well, I, no I, I, I think I saw the first. Uh, I, I, I honestly didn't even know that she was in them. The only two people yeah. I know that are in the Lord of the Rings movies are Ian McKellen and Orlando yeah. Bloom. Yeah. And in case Wood, you ever watch it, she does a really, Aston. really good job. I forgot about Sean Astin. Like I, I mean, honestly, because I've never been like a huge fan of of, of Liv Tyler, <laughs> but like credit where credits due, she she really did a good job in that movie. I love those that, movies. those movies. I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyhow, okay. back to Rex Manning and lunch. <laughs> uh, so uh, she both okay. This is a uh, awkward scene. She's young, so like I don't know what exactly she was 17, expecting. Sorry, I think. Where I kind of take, I don't know, man. It feels weird to take Rex's side here. And I know, Casey, you're probably going to say, what the fuck's wrong with you? But here's how we're going to break it down. She seduces him. He does not get creepy until she gives him the go-ahead to go to be creepy. He says, I couldn't help but notice you're staring at me. Mm-hmm. And almost almost like he's like, you need to stop. And then she and then proceeds. She disrobes, essentially. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take big issue here because the simple fact of the matter is, is he asks her how old she is and she says something, something she along the lines her, of old enough to know better. Everybody knows if somebody gives you that line, they her, are underage. What is, all I remember walk, is her man, saying. 180 and walk. I was just about to ask Casey, what would you have him do? You would have him bolt immediately. Out of the room. No, a normal person I would have them bolt. Rex Manning, I would have him do exactly what he did. Oh, man. Which is nothing. He's pretty passive. I will say he's a little passive until 
he passively unzips his pants. He's the kind of passive guy who just. Now I'm not. I'm not taking his credit. I'm not taking his side here. But what ends up happening is she disrobes. He asks, "How old are you?" She says, "Old enough." Now you. This is debatably bad. Okay. Yeah. And that's where it should have stopped. Anyhow, go ahead. That's but that's that's stopped. also why at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, she's 18. She's confirming for me, the audience, that she's 18. She's old enough to be doing this. I accept this. That's all Jared needs. She states to earlier hear. in the movie that she's 17. Just saying. Go ahead. I didn't. I did not hear the word 17. <laughs> Officer, just let me, please <laughs> let me, believe. Let this. me keep thinking it. Uh, she disrobes. He gets up. He's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" She says, "I'm sure." So he even gives her the go ahead to like, "You can leave, or I can leave." She says, "Yes." Then he says, "Rock and roll," and this is where he misfires, I guess, because he's the kind you know, of lover. he unzips and then says, "Rock and roll." He unzips <laughs> and says, "Rock and roll," and like this is the misfire. A lot of I just think that a lot of douchey dudes do this on dates. The problem is, it's a huge discrepancy. It's very unprofessional between both of them to do this. That's my problem to say the here. least. <laughs> like. The jailbait aspect is the worst aspect of all about this, but he's, he's quite passive in this exchange, is, is my devil's advocate response here. Until he whips it out, and even that is passive because he's not pinning her to a wall. <laughs> he's saying, hey, listen, if you want to you know, you know, suck like, it. Okay. And then she leaves, and then she leaves because she's embarrassed. She's a young girl. She thought it would go more romantic, more magical, I guess. I guess. I don't know what was going on in her head, but the uh, I have like such a huge problem with this. It's like, okay. The uh, no, I didn't think it was going to be a, like, a thing, but yeah, like I can, I can I, of yeah. course, I understand why. I don't want to feel like a freaking creep. I just want to like get to the. He's not like he's not Louis, He's not even Louis C.K.ing. He's not blocking the fucking door and jerking off. He's he's standing. He's, yeah. He stands up, says, do you want to do this? He's like, OK, you said you wanted and this. And he unzips his fucking pants and says rock and roll. Like oh, he didn't even touch so her. Terrible. He didn't even touch her. Yeah, he didn't even touch her. Yeah. How terrible is the, this if she confirmed that she was 18 earlier in the movie? She says, I just turned 18. I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to offer myself okay, direct. Like, and then she shows her license to the camera. <laughs> she <laughs> says, in case you were curious. Here's my license. No, uh, okay. So my issue here is not age of consent. My issue here mm-hmm. is that you know he is clearly in a scenario where he is dealing with a person who is not at the age of consent. That becomes his responsibility clearly? and his like you know moral obligation to not proceed. How, how clear is listen, it? Look, listen you to said, Casey suddenly being no, no, the no, no, rule no, no. follower. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You said clearly, yeah. and I take issue with that because I don't know how clear it is. He asked her. Oh come on! Are you old enough? Old or how old are you? Old enough? Come on! Like one oh one, man. One oh one. Like one eighty and walk, man. One eighty and walk. When you hear old enough, 180 and walk. That's fair. That's fair. Um, There you have it. That's what happens. So thankfully, like, you you know, she comes to her senses. She she storms out. You know, lose her virginity to this senior citizen. She does not get far. (laughs) She does not get far with Rex Manning at all. She bolts out of there to the roof. On the roof, AJ tries to tell her how he feels, but his timing couldn't be worse. Uh, But it's 136. I have to get on this. He's like, uh, and Wapner, Wapner, 10 minutes to Wapner. Uh, she rebuffs him, essentially. He's like, you know what, forget it. I, I, I didn't say anything. He, he's cool about it. Like, his heart's broken. 
she just went through some shit. Which again, this it's is just bad timing. The the whole another reason why I totally relate because this is exactly if this situation happened to me, I would behave in his exact way. Good. I'd cower away. Good. I'd be like, it's fine, just whatever, and then I'd I'd be out of there. That's and probably then I'd, how I'd you should handle. Go it. quietly fix a sign, and then, but still be <laughs> mad enough to make her talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act like nothing happened. Like yeah. I was trying to just <laughs> let this go, dude. No, I want to bring it up again. Is that what he does? <laughs> yeah. Later uh, on, he's just he like, does. well, you know, no. like have you got to retain some. Like if you have an issue with it, yeah, fucking say something. Yeah. Uh, just like you, Deb. If you have an issue with Barco, you tell him you have an issue with Barco. <laughs> Otherwise, he would never know that he's he's Kylo Ren. He's confused, you know. <laughs> so Gina and Corey have lunch. Corey tells Gina because you know Gina, she's shaken. She tells <gasps> they Gina, have lunch at the pizza place that Eddie works at. That Eddie, because yeah, he comes yeah. out, he has a funny moment of levity in this really dramatic scene between these two. Yeah. Corey tells Gina she's not like he's like I'm not like you with boys. Okay, I don't just do things with them. Okay, and Gina's like like what be a turbo slut <laughs> and she's like yeah basically yeah gina I, takes offense i i take issue with this whole sequence of events which is where <clears> i <throat> i was like this is why i feel the movie could benefit from more time because the next like yeah they go from this mm-hmm. it's like i can't be a slut like you and then she's like what who's a slut i ain't no slut and then she goes and sluts it up on well, Rex Manning. That it's because of that exchange. She's like, "You want to see slut?" That's how I take the causality. Yeah. It has to have that argument has to happen for her to go. She wouldn't have seduced it, Rex Manning had it not been for it her doesn't, friend. It doesn't. I don't understand. The, I don't understand that logic though. And maybe that's like a well, a, a female way of thinking. And I forgive logic. me if that's rude, but like yeah. the idea of like. How dare you call me a slut? I'll go prove to you what I could do. Like, that's like, what? Why would you? I'm not saying it's the most logical captain, says Letter Nemo, but people have done that before, certainly. They they make rash decisions all the time. To me, I felt like something was missing. I didn't understand how we got from this to her immediately going back and sleeping with Rex Manning. I felt like something was missing. I think the... I just assumed that there was something missing from this section. I don't... I'm not about to fully understand a character like her... Maybe a, a, a slut, quote unquote. I feel like this isn't um, sweaty plotting to do so. I think the way she's wired is it, it felt logical at the time for her to do that, as illogical as it seems as the audience uh, to do. What yeah. do you think, Casey? I, don't know, I was just sitting here thinking, like, I, I remember like one time where a you know uh, uh, a, wo- a woman that I, that I was seeing told me that and I was a bartender at the time told me that I drank too much mm. it, to which my response was to be like oh yeah and then I went out and I got really hammered it's just like that <laughs> you know it's so ju- I mean I, see, it's just like that I do see I do see like you know where I, got, that I, came I from. don't I don't think I don't react that way so to me yeah. like and I but you know I, do. I don't always react with pure logic but like to right, me there is yeah. no logic in that like how dare you say that about me? Now I'm going to go do that very like, thing. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry, but you worse. Got, Jerry, you yeah. got anger issues. And like, if you're seeing red, you might go, you want angry? And then you might go downstairs and you might do something more angry. You, you know, yeah. maybe okay. you can understand I mean, I, that. I, I, can, I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. 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 Um, so Gina Thank you for outing off. my anger issues to the... No, no. <laughs> no, no, it's true, but... It's something <laughs> that's more generally relatable. No, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I've come around. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. Yes, I can understand the logic, even though I don't agree with it at all. Gina storms off and and Eddie comes in and he's like he he obviously didn't see the exchange because he like sits down I don't even remember what he says but he's like he see, he doesn't read the room when he sees Liv Tyler sitting there yeah. he's like oh what what did I do and uh, 
So anyway, yeah, Gina immediately goes and she seduces Rex. And this time it's it's a successful quote unquote exchange in that there's actual consummation. Uh, but also it shows her skill level too because she's way better at seducing at an older man than, at the art of yeah. seduction than Liv Tyler D- y- y- for better y- or worse in the, I don't know if was the underwear moment between uh, Gina and Rex Manning in the theatrical release the underwear where she says I can guess your underwear yeah, yeah. I can guess what color mm-hmm. your yeah, underwear that's are she also uh, getting re- quickly back to the like Liv Tyler randomly takes off her bra while she's sitting at the pizza parlor like she pulls it yeah, out from she does, like what yeah. the fuck was yeah. that I about I think it was to I think I thought it was kind of cute I thought you want you got something the um yeah you you know I I thought that was really weird too but I think like I guess it's like friends because she borrowed that bra from Gina. Oh, I did because there was this part where Gina says like, "Oh yeah, I've always scored in that bra." Okay, that's probably the extended maybe because I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. But even if that wasn't in there, and it's I don't think it is in our cut. It may not be. I think it still worked as like you just have to read between the lines. Yeah, I, like I, I saw that and I thought she borrowed that from her and she thought it would be sexy for Rex Manning. Like yeah, enough was, said. Yeah, yeah. I, guess you know. I thought it was smart. Um, so uh, the yeah, she storms off. It basically prompts her to go to seduce Rex Manning. Yeah, uh, I wrote she, down on here. Does does Renee actually do it? <laughs> you know, because that scene ends with like him pulling down his pants. Oh, do they fuck? I think she yeah. blows him at the least because uh, yeah. he. It's I because th- I think he meant about guessing the underwear. Oh well, yeah, no, she guesses no, like, correctly I, as well. I was really, really hoping that she would do the same thing that Liv Tyler did, where, Storm where, off. where it was, it was like, no, you're gross, I'm out, right? No. You know, yeah. But, Unfortunately, you know, no, she Rex she... gets uh, something, and it, like I've, the way I see it, it's like that's just like his mo when it comes to groupies is he'll unzip, put his hands behind his back because you see that at the end of Gina's scene and yeah. just gets mm-hmm. blown. I think that's his thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah probably. So he's not accountable, like by never touching them. I don't know. He's weird. But uh, it, she guesses his underwear correctly. He's wearing navy blue jockeys. For anybody who's keeping score at home, they go to the back office office. Uh, <laughs> Corey. Oh, but right, right before she does that, that's mm-hmm. where we see Liv Tyler pop the pill. Yes, yes. The first time. That's her Thank first you. like yeah. thing with the pill, which yeah. which is honestly, too it, little, too late. I'm yes. so, I, I think this was interjected after principal photography. It, it, maybe. Yeah. You know, I so honestly easy believe to put that. in there. Yeah. Um, Corey sees AJ cheer up Deb at the store. Uh, he gets really into the Rex Manning song. Like, ironically, he takes his shirt off, like, in front of everyone and, like, shows his uh, his uh, tank top underneath. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, it gets I, crazy in this record store. Yeah, like, I, I, wrote, I wrote down the dance. Supposed to be drunk? It's, like... <sighs> You, you know, that's like the type of thing that like, you know, a character would do when they're like really hammered, yeah. Yeah. you know, like he's, it's uh, she's Ali Sheedy yeah. and he's like Emilio Estevez or somebody. Something I don't know. I'm trying like to that. put it in breakfast club terms, but he's cheering her up and I Liv sees him cheering up. Deb, and I think that helps her in that moment. Realize what a good guy AJ is. And I also like it, too, because it's like. It's a very, I don't want to, maybe classy is not the right word, but it's like, okay, you want to reject me? This is like almost, this is the a reaction a that play. makes it, that's appropriate to me, if it's which is like, I'm going to, fine, I will show you what you're missing out on, and I'm not going to like I'll play say, to my my uh, 
how upset I am. If it yeah. comes from a genuine place, it's a great play. Yeah. yeah. Really how is. many times in your life have you, you know, sexy revenge danced your yeah. way? I, I can't say that sexy and dance have never been two things that are in the same sentence for me. <laughs> I do it to answer. And I was in a boylesque one time, but <laughs> to answer your question, I do it all the time. You know, Spider-Man three when he takes Gwen Stacy out yeah. and he takes her to the jazz club that Mary Jane's working at. Uh-huh. I do that all the time. Yeah. That kind of wow. stuff. Oh, yeah. And I dance just like him. Yeah. And then my hair is just wow. like him. And wow. it's great. Jared's <laughs> yeah. so doing it now. Doing the, uh, the clap, the, the, um, the emo clap that he does. Cool cool moment here. This is when uh, you need this moment. There, Everybody's dancing, having a good time, but then Joe comes in downstairs and it has to be down a, like a staircase to really make it in a big wide shot. And has a, <laughs> a, a reaction that like... For the context of the scene, I'm like, it okay, feels very fine, um, but it's Frank Capra e. I'm just like, there's fucking customers in this store still, and he's like, <laughs> I hope y'all like dancing. Like, <laughs> you're yelling at the customers too, man. Like, really, shut the fuck up. You're about like, it really felt like Jimmy. Was this Stewart. like a Footloose tie-in? Yeah. Oh well, like, I hope y'all enjoy dancing. Like breaking down. Oh, look, look at you. And <laughs> you, you're, you're dancing the other day. Why don't you go ahead and laugh it up, Dad? You won't get to dance at Music Town. <laughs> oh, I'd like to see you, see you play your rap music in, in Music Town. <laughs> so Lucas is I a I won't tool. let you wear those tattoos. This is the scene where Lucas gets assaulted by his boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he yeah. says, you're a, what are you talking about, Joe? You know, like, you're a music great town, manager. You're superb. He says, say it again, superb. And, and it's like, like, is he being superb. a smart ass? Is yeah, he being he a is. fucking asshole? Or is yes, it? Yes, he is. Because like again, like th- a lot of it, he comes off as just like a guy who does not understand the social cues, <laughs> yeah. and he's just Jared's like interpretation of. I'm Lucas. telling you, the modern interpretation of this character is full on Asperger's, where he's just. I, <laughs> I don't. I, you're you're a great manager. I don't like, like uh, the modern interpret. It's very clinical and seems like you throw pills at that. <laughs> <laughs> like no, yeah. thank you. I'm just saying, like. There's an answer for this behavior in 2020 that doesn't make sense in 1995 because we don't have What he have needs this. is pills. He needs Celexa or some kind of uh, Prozac. So uh, that's when, uh, yeah, he yells at him. Lucas is a smart ass. And he's all like, music, like, music town, we're not going to go under your superb boss. And he's like, say it again. It's a big tense moment. Takes him to like the drum room where he was playing earlier and just like he closes the door and we just hear sounds of him beating his ass and all the employees go back to listen and yeah it's and tense. then they come out and he says the most 90s thing that a man could say is like you know you deserve that right, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, is that 90s like, because like that's a that's the kind of like thing, a dad thing right because like but like dads nowadays like you really don't hit your kids as much as we like mm. not that we ever really got hit badly or anything like like but we got cracked every now and then because it was that transition mm. era where a parent would crack you and then apologize four hours later and be like i'm sorry i had to do that to you i kind of yeah. call me crazy i kind of like that method I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's like what, like get get the get the beating and then apologize. Yeah, and then he helps him up and then says like, "We're cool now. We had that had to happen." Well, I mean, yeah, yeah but I do that with Jack, and I'm going to jail. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he's not raising right. Lucas. Kind of though, isn't it implied that he adopt him? Adopt him? It's not the same as your three year old son. It's not the same as your three year old son. I wasn't. I'm not apples to apples here. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, the, uh, here, wait, wait. D- did Joe adopt Lucas? I thought it was implied that, like, no, that he like a mentor since he was the age of thirteen. 
I I took it as like he actually like I, I read further than uh than I guess I was intending. Yeah, because like intended. I won't say that's that's wrong because I I don't know if it's right or wrong. I, yeah. I don't agree with it. I think he's <sighs> just he found the record store at thirteen and like that was his home. Like yeah. essentially. Yeah. See, that's 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 what uh, how I gathered that. Like Warren, like they're repeating that's it with well. Warren in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cool after that. Like that, you needed that. You, that had to happen, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corey wants to go home early. Everyone's in the back. She tries to enter the back back other office. It's locked. Yeah. And out comes Rex Manning and Gina. Uh oh. AJ's pissed, uh, right? This yeah. is where AJ attacks Rex Manning because yeah. Liv admitted that she tried to come on to Rex Manning and that she made a fool of herself, and that's what prompted him to walk away earlier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now he's like, ah, Rex, <laughs> like you. I like how AJ gets held back by the employees, and then Rex gets like the just weakest little cheap shot in. Yeah. He just like, oh yeah, see? just a little. Psh- See in the face. Totally. Uh, that's what makes him the biggest that's, villain. Yeah, that's that's yeah, a villain yes. move. And then he sleeps with little younger girls. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Everything about that guy. <laughs> you know. He's told he sucks and his assistant quit. And he's like, Really? He's like, Yeah, uh, I used to date her, I think. Anyway, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you and then he's what does Rex say? He says, uh, you should all just fade away. Doesn't he say that? <laughs> he's leaving. Wow. <gasps> Uh, Corey's like I hate you to Gina Gina confronts her about her diet pill addiction comes out of left field yeah because only two three minutes earlier did we see Liv Tyler pop her for first the first time diet yeah. pill of the movie telling but you we did that see, was added after principal photography we did see her <laughs> earlier talk about how important it is for her to study to Joe well uh, and 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 Renee was, was there's, like, there's something it, to stay up. And it, yeah, study. it's so super the super subtle at the beginning, like where she's saying, like, how did you find time to make cookies or brownies or whatever in addition or cupcakes in addition to all the studying and all that stuff? Yeah. And, well, now Speed we know. Freak. Yeah. Don't no, she says some of the fact of like how her dad tells her that there there are 24 productive hours in a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. And, uh, Your dad, Steven Tyler, when he's on the road, that's what he says. <laughs> he calls from like a seedy hotel room in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Now live, dear. <laughs> I need you to walk this way to your room and yeah. do your homework. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be crazy. And uh, um, yeah. she leaves, and uh, Corey freaks in the middle of the store. She starts throwing Aerosmith albums everywhere. There's a cardboard <laughs> cutout of Steven Tyler that she karate chops. Yeah. Well, Rex Manning. Yeah, and uh, yeah. she freaks, and that's more Deb's speed, so she takes it from there. Yeah, see, like I thought that was really cool where she was like, hey, Everybody, I got this, you guys, I'll help her. Every yeah. archetype has its purpose yeah. in every you know conflict you know and it's now deb's turn to take over so she takes it from there in the bathroom she i like this casual pissing yeah on the toilet i i I had to ask caitlin like do girls really do this like are you that comfortable just dropping your drawers and sitting on the toilet and looking at somebody while you pee like it's different for for, like she had it varies girl to girl because i have a different answer for whatever caitlin was just like yeah, I mean they okay. kind of. Katie's told me she's shit in front of friends. Sorry, Katie. Yeah, <laughs> she's shit in front of her friend. I, I couldn't. 
uh, I know I, it's I very can, personal. We pee in front of each other all the time. But no, like, know? but we don't make eye contact. Like that's the thing. If you're in a bathroom, wait, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you're in a public bathroom, you stare forward. You like maybe you stare down. Yeah, or you, I stare you're not... deeply into uh, the eyes. So uh, I open I the door. Will I never leave it open. Make and I eye stare. contact. While pissing, <laughs> hopefully it's usually in the mirror, so they when they look in the reflection, they see yeah. me staring into the mirror, at, looking at them. I do a FaceTime call with my mom. That's great. <laughs> that works too. Um, have you seen some of those Zoom bloopers where like they're taking a shit accidentally on their yeah. like window? They're like you need to turn off your camera right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. Uh, Deb is very nice to her, and and she gives her shit for wanting to bang Rex Rex Manning. And since it's coming from Deb, who's been through a lot, Corey laughs. I think it, she needs to hear it from Deb, because mm-hmm. I think if AJ gave her shit, she yeah. would not be laughing. Yeah, no. But Corey's like, "Why are you being so nice to me?" Total '90s Gen Xer line here when she says, "Let's save the Hallmark moment." And yeah. uh, Mark eats Eddie's brownie. He and, and his butthole. And he's watching Guar on TV. <laughs> yeah, the Guar fantasy. I love the Guar fantasy. And he's not working because none of these kids do. Uh, they're gangfully employed at a record store. It's great. Yeah. He the trips. 90s were an amazing time, gentlemen. An amazing time. He trips that he's in the band and he gets eaten by some kind of worm monster. And this goes yeah. nowhere. Whereas in our movie, I Hate Theater, which features Casey Freund, there's a character who trips on mushrooms and it kind of comes back. A little bit more so than this movie. Yeah. Um, so now Corey's going. I'm just saying it's maybe a better. No, it's not a better movie. <laughs> so now Corey's going to do something nice and throw a fake funeral for Deb. So Deb lies there in her. It's like this is like indie, big chill, like kind of a different movie almost. Yeah. We're, we're wrapping up everybody's problems here is what we're doing yeah. before yeah. we get to the dance off. Going to, Corey's going to do something nice. She's going to throw a fake funeral for Deb. Deb lies there in her homemade coffin slash pedestal with candles all around. And the friends are all circled around her, except Mark, who's up front getting hammered. Yeah, why do they have the customers. silk pillow in the record store? Did you guys notice that? They got everything. They got you everything know? in this record store. Yeah, all store. those like candles and everything. Well, it's got like and Jim like... Morrison's face on it. They can sell it. Well, that pillow? Yeah, sure. It's the, it's a Doors pillow. Yeah. So. Just like she did in the craft, she's laying there with the candles all around, light as a feather, stiff as a board. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a shit show. It's funny because this sincere act, this is supposed to, it devolves into talk about how much Corey misses uh, Gina. Yeah. And how Lucas used to piss the bed. Yeah. You know, I. This is the Breakfast Club sitting around the, you know, talking about like, let's all confess shit to each other, but it's done in a really weird way. Yeah, like in, in my notes, I have like you know the funeral, and then the next three things that I wrote down are Gina's reckoning, Lucas's reckoning, yep. then Deborah's reckoning. Yeah, it's Deborah's funeral, but two people get their reckoning before exactly. her. Yeah, they, they, she gets pushed to the side here because now Lucas is going to tell us how he met Joe, and he used yeah. to wet the bed, and it's yeah. unrelated, but he wet the bed till he was ten years old when his mom gave him up, and she gave him up, and and that's and it's vague, and you can interpret it however you want. He, basically, Lucas says that's when I found Joe, like three years later, and I was set. You know, yeah, that's pretty much all you get. And then um, Gita pops out like exactly the right moment and makes up with Corey. She's like hiding in the shadows, yeah, like as Corey's talking about her, almost like yeah. she's waiting like for the last hour. <laughs> and uh she reveals that she wants to be a singer and she's actually not the girl that she think that Corey thought she was the, the person who does whatever she wants that's not her 
because she's not a singer. So she's got some reckoning to do. And that's the Breakfast Club moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You guys think we're all going to be friends tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) What, the three of us? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not until you see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Fair enough. Around this time, this is when Debbie Mazur shows up. Shows up again. She's like, hey, remember me? I left the movie, but I'm back. And I kind of know you, Joe, and I kind of need a job. And he's like, well, I didn't fire anybody. Why not hire somebody instead today? I lost $9,000, but I could put one more person on the payroll. (laughs) Especially someone I used to have a a relationship with. That's amazing that they're doing so well that he can hire, not fire. Again, $9,000. I mean, on the best day at Blockbuster, like I remember taking in like $3,500 or something like that. Mm. 9000 is uh, insane. The music that is pretty insane. Booming. Yeah. Uh, those gin blossoms. Yeah, just wait. Two more years. They're going to start to see everything <laughs> go to shit anyway. So now Debbie Mazur is an Avenger. They're all pooling their money together. It's about three grand. Yeah. yeah. short. And we find out, I should rewind a little bit. You remember when he was handing the contracts to everybody and they ripped him up? Joe revealed that, you know, that money that Lucas spent at Atlantic City? I had a plan with that money. It was to buy this company because Music Town wants to buy us out. But I can independently buy the store. I could have right. with yeah. that money. Right. So. But see, that's that's what, that doesn't. Because those are the store sales. He's making it sound like yeah. You're, you're, I don't understand because like, yeah, he doesn't so like, own the was store. Was he going to steal little, the money and like use that to like you know pay Mitch for the store? Because yeah. like that, I don't. That know. just didn't make much know. sense to me. It's a know? little sketchy. Um, they pull the yeah. money. They they're short, and Mark makes a snap decision. He runs outside where oh I, sh- I got to rewind. I'm sorry. Warren gets busted. He gets tried. Like he, the cops take him away in cuffs, right. and, he's, and he snaps and he and he yells at oh, Joe yeah. as no, to yeah. why Lucas uh, well, doesn't we, get we, consequences. We glossed over the. I mean, we talked yeah. about it briefly. And yeah. now we're here. Uh, oh, they pull the money together. Now everybody's made up, and now here's a new, brand new conflict, and it's something out of like Elephant, like Gus Van Sant. This shouldn't be yeah. in a comedy, but it is. It's a yeah. little boy with a gun in a yeah. record store shooting bullets Nothing at the sky. If yeah. the idea of seventeen-year-old quote-unquote Liv Tyler coming onto Rex Manning didn't make you uncomfortable enough in 2020, my God, I oh, literally God with a gun literally got so yeah. uncomfortable with I had this to pause. scene. Like I, I really like honestly, I had to like pause and, and be I, like, Ooh. it's it's really weird because like movies do not affect me in that way, but like mm-hmm. this is just and he's and Warren he's got this step back for he's a got second. this unhinged energy that's not it's more scary than it is funny the way the kid's playing it too yeah, yeah. it's uh but essentially what he does is he's there with the gun and he reveals to all the employees Lucas who kind of got through to him today that like like how come Lucas gets a job here like and he's a fuck up like me and he's like. Do you want a job here? Like Barco. I think Barco's like, interesting. You want to work at a record store? <laughs> he's a fucking, he's the man. And the kid's like, <laughs> Barco's so wise. He doesn't he say no. He give me no job. Yeah. yeah. And then, because Joe is kind of not he, not a good boss, he gives him the job at the store as a yeah. way to like appease him in his juvenile ways because he sees, I guess, what he saw in Lucas yeah. all those years ago. And Lucas sees himself. And he gets the job like really quickly. Yeah. That's how you get a job in the 90s. That's how Casey got his job in the 90s. Yeah, don't worry. The job will be waiting for you when you get out of juvie. (laughs) 
He right. shot a gun and says, I want a job. That's yeah. how it went in 1995. Like, I like your energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're, we're back to, so they don't have enough money. Mark makes a snap decision. He runs outside where apparently the news is currently filming a live report regarding Warren's shooting at the store. Yeah, that's yeah. news. Yeah. He uses his airtime as an opportunity to promote like a DIY festival that the store is going to apparently be I, having at midnight. I like the way that he comes out too. He comes out and he's like, I was an eyewitness. I saw the whole thing. And they're like, oh, well, let's talk to this guy. Like, what did you see? He's like, oh, I don't know. He came in shooting, but that's not important. We got to have a big party tonight, guys. <laughs> With apparently yeah. live music. Starting at midnight, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how this doesn't violate noise orders. Yeah. Uh, and no, beer. The, this this is the like you know let's put on a show to save the farm. Yeah. You know type yeah. thing. Yeah. That then becomes Mickey the, Rooney and uh, the fucking um, Muppets and UHF at the yeah. end here. We were talking about how this movie was supposed to take place over the course of two days in like a forty minute longer cut. Yeah. Is it like is the other day devoted to putting on this festival? I would have to assume <laughs> like yeah. all of what it takes to put on a fest like this. Yeah. Because um that's what they do like. In I minutes. wonder if the guy who like did the fire festival watched that and was like it's totally not how <laughs> it goes. He goes it could be done. <laughs> <laughs> That could be done. Have you guys seen the doc? No, um, I have. Yeah. I love it's uh, shot in Freud. You're just you're watching it. Just oh, it's so great. Um, so they put on the the the, the big party and like, I take issue with. I see like what appears to be some young extras getting beer from that keg yeah. <laughs> like some yeah. youngsters warren's got a beer here he's shooting guns he's there's, getting jobs there's no laws in whatever t- whatever town they're in there's no yeah. laws you can they're just, on the east coast somewhere you can just have kegs City. out there spontaneously after midnight and play on a roof and what do we get here we get sugar, the song sugar high by the band i don't know but it's barco and he's it's, a guitarist it, in real life he's playing it's, it's his actual band his actual song uh and then they just kind of like wrote <gasps> yeah. barco, barco into the movie as a character uh but See, yeah that makes sense so he's yeah. like yeah he's it's not he's not an actor he's a musician no. that they hired no in. no see yeah. i like barco even more because of that man <laughs> he's a cool dude it's like uh fucking uh <laughs> What's it like? Rihanna showing up in Ocean's Eight, like yeah. Except what? She, she has, <laughs> what are you doing? She has no music scene in that, but yeah. it's a like it's exi- like a lot like that. Yeah, no. yeah. I watched that again. It's not as good. I haven't watched. Doesn't it have the yet. same spirit as the uh, as others. I didn't expect it to. Yeah, because of women, right, Jer? Nope. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, they put on the party. They play the song "Sugar High" inside. Joe tells Lucas he's starting his own store. He's like, "Fuck yeah. it," you know. I could do my own thing. This is another thing that's like the 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 turnaround for this is so funny and quick. It's yeah, just like Mitch. I'm going to start my own store like far, 5 minutes later. I'm going to buy this store. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. I changed my mind. I'm going to buy this it's store. It's very sudden cuz ap- right after that he says he's going to start his own store. Mitch the boss boss shows up. I guess from the bank at midnight. <laughs> he's finally <laughs> Took him a back. long time to get to that. He, he he's not a good businessman. <laughs> he realized if he was selling music yeah. or toilet fixtures, I don't think he was going to do Music's well. Music's not his way. medium. Yeah. He's he's got to get back in the toilet game. His, yeah, the sound is that he's he really attracted to is not music but the flushing of toilets. And uh, yeah. when he shows up there he's like, "Why do I get the feeling like I'm being royally screwed?" And Joyce Joe's like, "Cuz you are." And uh, he sees that. Which I'm f- like, what does that even mean? What are you you're talking about? Right. You're getting the nine thousand dollars back that you owe the store. And yeah. Joe, you are getting screwed. <laughs> I'm paying you back for everything that I took. <laughs> How do you so like take that? Mitch? that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. So Joe, he, I guess he screws him by quitting. 
And uh, Joe quits and tells him he's going to go start his own store, which I think is a cool idea. Let's leave it at that, right? Yeah. Nope. Party goes great. Gina sings. She's doing a, a serviceable job. Uh, the little kid, kids mm. get wasted. It's great. Very mm. quickly, Mitch sells the company back to Joe for a very small fee. Uh, in fact, as much as they raised tonight for the party yeah. in a jar. Yeah. Can you just give me the money that you already owe me, and then I will give you this business for free in exchange for the money you already owe me? Yeah. Mitch realizes he hates the kids, the, the Told customer you a terrible base really there, yeah. and he doesn't want anything to do with it. But Joe understands these kids, and he's like, yeah. all right, I'll buy it back. That's it. With, what, with yeah. your own money. Yeah. yeah. And... Then we get we got just one more loose thread to tie up here. Yep, and one last thing: Corey and AJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're on the roof because where else would you do this? Right, right. He's still fixing the sign or something. He's it's, up it's, there. It's, it's one in the yeah. morning. I can't get this damn sign fixed. I gotta go home. Yeah, and she's like got school tomorrow. She's like, listen, like uh, I was. You know, He's an artist. She's not an electrician. Crazy earlier. Yeah. Like I turns out, I do love you. I always have loved you. She does the uh, the thing that it also feels kind of nineties, mm-hmm. where like a a girl aggressively tells a guy how talented he is. Yes. <laughs> if yeah. you don't understand, you're stupid, and just yeah. hitting him in the chest. And she's like pushing yeah. him down and like you know hitting him. Do you remember that that thread that we just kind of poked at, where you're like, you should go to art school? Well, now I'm poking poking it even more. I'm pulling it even harder yeah. here. Yeah, you didn't have enough problems in this movie, so I have to create it now. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Well, I love you," and she's like, "Well, I love you too." And then they kiss, and then they dance. Yeah, and then, and they... then it turns out that he's actually going to art school. Yeah, you know, in Boston. AJ, and guess what? Earlier in the movie, she got accepted to Harvard. That's which, right. If I'm not mistaken, is it's also in Boston. I believe. I believe Casey. Let, let me look at my notes here. Yeah. I uh, I read online that in Empire yep. Records too, Corey and AJ actually buy the. St- no, I'm joking. Oh That's shit! Not a thing. Don't yeah. say it, Casey, because you know what? Tomorrow, <laughs> Empire Records two is announced. <laughs> Welcome back to the ER. Yep. We're getting everybody back. Literally everybody. Yeah. Would you be down for that? Like. A, a, a sequel world, to Empire yeah, Records? In a world with Clerks 2. Where uh, where everything went to shit and their lives got terrible because the music industry went in decline? I don't know if I'd want to see that, but it would be realistic. Like, yeah. Like, dude, let's, let's as keep long them. as they keep warring away from the, any Yeah, guns, the first movie is a coming-of-age tale. The second one is the plight of the, of the fucking <laughs> economy. Uh, party's over. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's leave them in the 90s. Let's just leave yes. the, our characters there in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, that's they all they have do friends style dancing on the roof because this is the big bad era of friends on yeah. TV. Yeah. So they're on that roof in a big wide, just yeah. having a great time. Yeah, uh, the party's all over. It's just them, and they sacrificed a Warner Brothers soundtrack I, for this song. Yeah, yeah, for this yeah. gin blossoms. So enjoy your gin blossoms, Did everybody. I hear it from you? And uh, that's it. That's the end of the I movie. I don't want to take advice from it. fools. Yeah. <laughs> so in the in the in the version that you guys watched, was there like you know as the credits were rolling, was there Mark and yeah. Eddie There's talking a, about as a brief little mid credit? I didn't see any of that. You, yeah, if the credits go on for a, a moment and then there's this scene that it seems like. Mark and Eddie just improvised where they're like, yeah. it's the two of them sitting like on the front outside of the store, just talking mm-hmm. about bands and like, you know, they, well, they, they got such great bass tra- lines and, you know, like they're just literally talking about like dissecting music What's of the building time to nothing. That's it doesn't build to anything. Talking? It's just them talking. Yeah. And then it kind of like fades to black in the middle of their conversation. Yeah. I don't need it. Where Dare like, I say it is 
very Gen X. <laughs> it, it is. It's very Gen X <laughs> and it, because it's it's so unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Drink. The opposite of this show that we're doing. That's right. Which is wholly necessary. I absolutely. You need to. You need to. more than the movie. Yeah. And that uh, that's it though. That is Empire Records from 1995, and um, that is. Uh, the first of our request timber month, and uh, thank you for uh, mom, mom voice, voice podcast for yeah. recommend- don't make, don't make me use my mom, mom voice. voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for your recommendation. Thank, thank you for your uh, 10k dollar day for sponsoring the show this week, and uh, thank you Casey for coming the way. Always happy to be here. And um, I believe that's it. We will do another request episode next week. And until we do, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. Oh, and I'm Casey Freund. That's a wrap. I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? Uh, Guys, I'm embarrassed, frankly. Um, uh, Even though I am the biggest, make no mistake, I am the biggest fan of the character uh, uh, Burko. That's his real name. I was mispronouncing it as Barco this entire episode. And and, and and that's just a pitfall of being the biggest Burko fan. That just it just uh comes with the territory. So just wanted to clear the air there for any listeners who are really frustrated. Uh I remain the biggest Burko fan, uh make no mistake. And to make up for this, I'm gonna share some Burko facts. Number one. Did you know that the director of Empire Records, whatever his name is, uh, demanded that the cast have beachfront properties all next door to each other when they were filming? So could you imagine having a beachfront bash as Burko barbecues burgers and you play beach volleyball with your buddies, Rory Cochran and Renee Zellweger, who I guess were dating at the time? But no, this is, these are Burko facts. Burko, num- Burko fact number two, here it is. This is crazy. I found out that the actor Coyote Shivers, he's more of a musician, he lied to the filmmakers. He said he was a teenager. He was in his late 20s, which is, you know, not that unbelievable. But what's really unbelievable is at the time in real life is Coyote Shivers is Liv Tyler's stepdad. Now, that is insane that in real life, the dynamic between those is that he's kind of, I, I don't, in competition with Steven Tyler. I, I don't know what the dynamic of that is, but that's crazy. So that's your Burko fact number two. Burko fact number three is uh, Burko was not supposed to be played by Coyote Shivers. He was supposed to be played by uh, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day, but his touring schedule was too demanding. So there you go. There's three Burko facts and and, and a half apology because I was I intentionally mispronounced his name the whole time. So, yeah, take care for all you Burko aficionados out there. And uh, tune in next week for more 90 Under 90. Bye, guys.